zero. <laughs> Welcome zero. back to Sysadmitist Trivia, the podcast where we have guests on and they fuck shit up. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Pete. All right, and with us we have in alphabetical alphabetical order, I guess. <laughs> Johnny Christmas. And thanks for like announcing that I fucked something <laughs> up when not, I didn't fuck anything it's up. It's not even the right order. <laughs> All right, well, I'm Daryl Kellison, and D definitely comes before J. Well, <laughs> <laughs> shit. I wasn't aware there was more than one guest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we have no, Daryl and Johnny this, with us. This, my, we have to run this by the lawyers again. I was not informed that there would be another guest. All right, let's start this over. <laughs> no, that no. changes my fee. No. It's too it's too late now. So we're not starting us over. You've been, we're already started. We're restarting? Okay. No, I didn't want to really restart. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, don't Come restart. on, let's keep going. Okay, so it's great. Let's go right. No, dude, we, we stop, test right? in prod. We're <laughs> Fuck it, we're going to do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. So you may remember Johnny from whatever season it was. Jathan, what episode was it where we did hope? S1. What episode? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Three. The one around July or August. Welcome I to the train like wreck, everyone. 12 or 13, but I don't know. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. But you may remember him from that, where we, where we also talked with Steven Olam at Hope. He is back with us. Hooray. And we have a new Yay. guest, Daryl. Now you're going to need to help me with your last Kellison. name. I'm so sorry. Kel- Kellison? Kellison. It's not that hard. Rhymes with jealousy. You screwed Kellison up? Kellison. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Dude, got what? it. What? Cal- Whatever. But, yeah, no, it's good. That's <laughs> cow intestine. Daryl Calisthenics with yep. us. No, Daryl Kellison. And would you, you two, like to share with us what you do? No. Okay. <laughs> Have your lawyers cleared? Yeah. You talking? Can I say, can I share what Daryl does? <laughs> there you go. Actually, no, no, sure. no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> we were just discussing. <laughs> Daryl actually has a lot of appeal to people. Thank you. <laughs> Because <laughs> of the peeling. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> see, our, see our Twitter for more info. Oh, don't, 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 don't tweet it that. It actually has less info. No, no, no. Oh, it's we been tweeted. Tweet well, well, gonna, it's, it's, it's right All right, well, on that we note, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I'm the only guest. This all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one. There can Don't be. worry, the, the specifics weren't included. Yeah. But I just included a quote from Johnny. Yeah, so this is really an episode about, you know what? Originally, Jathan and I went in with some questions that we wanted to ask both Johnny and Daryl, but doesn't really make sense to ask them. I mean, we'll probably ask one or two of our, our original questions, but we do have some probably more interesting topics that they can be more elucidating upon. Is that? Yeah, a word? I don't. I don't think that's elucid- a real word. I don't think. I also like how word. you like told all the listeners that there was these questions that they, now they will never even know. No, I'll and put them in the show them. notes. Yeah, I'll put them in the show notes. Whatever. Well, well as long as you post them, but don't have the answers, that seems legit. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's great the important show thing. notes. That's how you seek Zen, of course. <laughs> so we will. Can we play we some will, Robbie? We'll Shunkai? put them in the show notes whether, <laughs> whether they get answered or not. But there might be some other other info too. But to start with, I would like to ask all of you: What are you drinking tonight? Oh boy, me. Okay, go first. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. So, per the recommendation of many, I decided to pick up a bottle of Monkey Shoulder, which is a fairly inexpensive uh, blended Scotch. 
pretty good. Smells better than it tastes, but not bad. Yeah. For $28 a bottle, I would Ooh, buy it. I had the same experience shit. with, like with Monkey Shoulder. Yep, you know me. I'm a fucking high roller. How much was it a bottle? 28 bucks on sale. Oh, wow. man. But, but alcohol is pretty cheap here compared to other places. 28 bucks on sale for a normal price of 29 <laughs> How close would you say it tastes to Monkey Shoulder? Also, what was that? How close does it taste to monkey shoulder? Like a real like monkey to an shoulder. Actual, yeah, like yeah, like if you bit a monkey on the shoulder. Like it's been on a, a scale of one <laughs> to monkey shoulder. How accurate? Let him finish half the bottle, and he'll let you know. <laughs> I'm gonna give it, give it about a four and a half. Right. Also, way to talk before the guests, asshat. Yeah, that's absolutely. fine. Yeah. I still got to be me. I can't just like wow. turn it off. That that wow. was in my contract. So, yeah. son of a bitch. The guests at this point, I, I understand if you want to lodge a complaint against Jathan, we'll go ahead and get that uh, put up you, the chain. You will hear from my lawyers. Please, con- <laughs> please contact <laughs> our HR department. All right, all right, Daryl, what are you drinking? <laughs> all right, well, this is my favorite time of year. Some would say because the weather is nice. I say it's because mm. we can get Oktoberfest. So that's what I'm working sure. with. Sweet. Uh, what, 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 what brewery? Oktoberfest. Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Okay. Okay. It's good stuff, man. Johnny, what are you drinking? I am drinking something I just picked up on a motorcycle trip through the Bourbon Trail, which is a uh, a bottle of the Wild Turkey Master's Keep from their Decades Collection, which is just fucking delicious. Mm, it is, is way better solid. than I was expecting from it. It is. It might be my favorite bourbon in my cabinet right well, now. Well, you know what the best thing mm. about wild turkey is, man? Is it tastes phenomenal when it's coming back up and you will let us know yeah. later. <laughs> oh, they're, they're massive collections and so that's bad. Good. I will um, puke it right back in. It, oh, and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's a, I'll acknowledge that. Like, I'm not a fan of most of wild turkey stuff. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But man, like this, the this Master's Keep batch is just Excellent. Well, you know, nice. man, you could probably yeah. puke that back up in the bottle and then call the monkey I... shoulder and sell it for $28 a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do try to save whatever on the way back. Like, that costs a lot of money for something you're just going to convert to pee. That's right. True. You got to get a couple uses out of it, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Peyton, what are you drinking? I've got my Glenlivet Founders Reserve. It's delicious. I love it. Okay. So, uh, great. It definitely tastes better a second time. I thought okay. the founders were dead. Oh, God. Safe on, <laughs> calm down. And I am on what? I am on that bullet bourbon ten year again. So Nice. That's nice. a good drink. Yeah. It is. It's it's kind of a staple. I I've been working through it for like the entire season too, so <laughs> not really. You know you can keep... buy other bourbons. I like do. Can... I have four other bourbons. They have a store you can <laughs> I, I just, I, I talked about this like in either last episode or the episode before it. I don't like opening another bourbon until I finish the first one for the podcast because I oh. drink it straight. It's not like I'm mixing, you know, so. No, yeah, and so, every time I go to the liquor store, I buy one new scotch or bourbon or whiskey. Okay. Regardless okay. of Good for the you. That's what I do too. Cabinet. One scotch, one liquor, one beer? No, I mean. Is it, yeah. That sounds like a name it's of exactly a country what I song. It might it, be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm weird. I think I show up at the counter with like my bottle of scotch, my bottle of liquor, and my bottle one bottle of beer. <laughs> like ring it up, <laughs> ring it up. <laughs> they have oh, actually gosh. the liquor store by me. They have uh, there's a very religious woman who works the register all the at time. At the liquor store, for a liquor store. Yeah, right. Is she wearing a nut I acknowledged it. <laughs> and uh, so I discovered there's a bottle of, like a super cheap bottle of wine there that once tax is applied comes out to $6.66 oh, no. and I will fully oh, admit no. I go in there and I always buy that bottle of wine when she's working for that, that exact purpose <laughs> it's not even a good bottle of <laughs> just, wine just because she goes ay Dios mio and she genuflects and everything like it's an amazing bit of pageantry to get when you're having a bad day <laughs> hold on hold on Johnny what did, what did she say that she said 
she says, Ay, Dios mio. Hold like, on, under so her she knows what burrito means. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> for, she knows for, that. for those that are listening that don't know, burrito actually means little donkey. So next time you're at Chipotle, yep. enjoy ordering your little donkey. I love little donkey. I love them too. Yeah. This episode is completely Don't do fun. it at Chipotle though, because donkey <laughs> is actually on the secret menu and they'll serve it up. And they will too. I, I don't. <laughs> That's what the carnitas is. Okay. <sighs> so let's, let's just move on from the donkeys. Let's do it. Let's move on. Peyton, you want to, you want to share Please. with us some, some things that have been happening in the news? Oh man, we got a whopper for you. So let's see now. First news? of all. Oh, what's that? Did Burger King finally get breached? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first thing we have is not a breach. China uh, initiated China. a call. China. 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 Fake news. They've been working sad. on it for about China. They've been working on it for about ten years. They did this call on Friday, which was uh, last week. Being that we're recording on Wednesday, I would have hoped that was apparent. That would be the 6th okay, there of, we go. of October. <laughs> and it was the team from the Chinese Academy of Sciences, and they generated a secure key from a quantum satellite called Micius, Micius, M-I-C-I-U-S. The satellite then passed over Vienna, where the Austria Academy of Sciences received the key from the satellite. And then they initiated a video conference using the shared keys at a VPN. So this is a pretty spectacular deal. They've been working on it for a while, like I said. Check out the link. It's pretty neat. The next article we have is that Google is shaming websites that are not secure. They're going to start putting a not secure label when you enter data on an HTTP page on any HTTP pages visited in incognito mode. This will arrive in Chrome 62, which should be out later this So basically, this will be applicable for 10 people in the whole world. (laughs) Right. right. Oh, hang on, man. Yeah. As a penetration uh, uh, tester. uh Uh-oh, you're one of the 10, aren't you? Let oh, me boy. let me correct your statistics. Yeah, it's twelve. <laughs> it's it's more dire than than we hope. Yeah. So in 2014, Google gave sites with encryption better ranking than sites without it, and so they're really pushing for this HTTPS versus HTTP. I just want to point out though, and I I had this in the scratch, and I wish Peyton mentioned it. For once, Google Chrome copied Firefox. Oh yeah, I I, I did. Yeah, I, yeah, they they did. Yeah, usually uh, it's the other way really around. Weird. Firefox has been. Yeah been copying after chrome for a lot but now it's like chrome firefox did this what like three months ago four months ago i know it caused yeah, an yeah, uproar yeah. with a ton of people who are for some reason still using http but well 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 hold on yeah. and, and for your users i just want to clarify and just because i hope keep you safe because i care if mm. you see the little lock icon you are good <laughs> Oh, don't say that. Not necessarily. That. Okay. Not necessarily. Oh, is it, is it oh let me, no, as no, a no, penetration good. tester, <laughs> let me tell you some stories. <laughs> there, you, did you know there actually is a Unicode that's URL compatible that will display a lock icon? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then also the yeah. lock fave icon? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Let me sing you the song of my people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So... Next, we have Israel. Thank you, Israel. Caught some Russian hackers with uh, Kaspersky. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying there's hackers in Russia? <laughs> no, no, no. There's Israeli hackers. Uh, no, no, no. Hacking no. Russian no. There's Israeli hackers They're in hacking... Israel. Yeah, right. Hold on. I'm confused. <laughs> start that story over. Israel right. doesn't mean they're Israeli. Yeah, start <laughs> that story so... over. That's so confusing what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe he didn't even read the full title, though. Yeah, I, I didn't. It actually made so, sense until you started screwing with. Like me. really, like really, so you fuckers. Israel, just like really, all, all I heard Israel was all I heard was Israel beat Russia in a World Cup soccer game. 
That's all I got. <laughs> it was the 1983 hockey. Uh, world. <laughs> oh, that's right. The great miracle. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Okay, go, 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 go. <laughs> all right. So Israel caught Russian hackers scouring the world for U.S. secrets. Thank you. For Yay. So Israeli officials hacked into the Kaspersky's network. And they noticed that the Russians were using the Kaspersky network to look for U.S. secrets. They then alerted the U.S. to the intrusion, which, by the way, we still have not been reported on. This has not been reported by the, by the United States. But, however, this led to the removal of all Kaspersky software from the government computers. Per the article, Wait. they're stating that it's known that stolen classified documents were procured from an NSA agent who had improperly stored them on his home computer. So good job, no such agency, gentlemen. Yeah, there's like three fails there. Holy <laughs> At least. shit. And one, two, three, right in a row. Just None uh, of that should have bit. ever happened. Sorry, keep going. Right, right, seriously. This is stupid. So Microsoft, if you're trying to use crypto, uh, SMIME protocol in, in uh, Outlook the last six months, you failed. So what happened was, is the, what happened, they noticed that the contents of an SMIME encrypted email were shown in the OWA, which is the Outlook web uh, mm-hmm. access. access. There you go. Yeah. And the bug is in Outlook. It caused SMIME encrypted emails to be sent in encrypted and unencrypted form, which was just in a single email to the mail server, the recipient, server client, and any intermediate servers along the way. The sent folder item did not display any issue and show that it was properly encrypted. So this is a bug. They fixed it, obviously. Good job. In which version? Suck. You know what? That's a really good question. It oh, was no. Outlook with Exchange and Outlook. So that's 2010 on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outlook with Exchange, 2010 on. They don't have information regarding Officer 65 or Outlook.com. So I... Well, those don't have OA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Makes sense. Yeah. There are multiple heap overflows in the Windows DNS client. So there are multiple memory corruption vulnerabilities in the Windows DNS client. It affects Windows 8 and Server 2012 and later. It can be triggered by a malicious DNS response. This allows you to control a DNS server and engage in a man-in-the-middle attack. There is a lovely TLDR about this. Apparently, Microsoft extended the DNSSEC support to the Windows DNS client, which the code exists in the DNS API.dll. This then goes to the DNS resource records, which is introduced to support the DNSSEC, and that's the NSEC3 record. And apparently, it's vulnerable. So, there you go. There's a nice little listing about how the bug, bug works. Take a gander. The Dow Jones had a technical error. And they spread fake news that Google was acquiring Apple. Fake news. Fake news. Everywhere. Fake news. Everywhere. You got to know. Gina. Gina. So the story <laughs> was indicating that Google was going to buy Apple for $9 billion. Chief executive, uh, The Google chief executive, Larry Page, was in Nine secret billion? talks with... Uh, billion? Billion. Billion. <laughs> had secret talks with the now-deceased Steve Jobs in 2010 to firm up the deal. It was announced. Was it a small loan? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. A million dollars. <laughs> right. The deal was announced when Jobs' okay. will was read in Cupertino, California. Uh, obviously, Google was very happy. They're going to move into the fancy new headquarters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, actually, uh, I heard they contacted Steve Jobs through Ouija board, and he agreed to yeah, the sale. That's what I was say. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and that's not fake news. That's real news. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stock Occult for Apple did sad. go up to $158 a stock. I know. This is, I uh, sold a bunch of it. Did you really? I did. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. That's why he's got that nice bird. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he does. That's what I did. I used all my Apple money to buy to buy wild turkey. <laughs> <laughs> <Dow Jones. laughs> Hashtag wise investments. 
Dow Jones did uh, issue a statement saying that the, to please disregard the headlines from that ran between 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time and 9.36 a.m. Eastern Time. It was a technical error, error and the headlines were published. They are being removed from the wires. No, how? No. Yeah, well, hold on. No. What does that mean? A no. technical error Whoa. was published. Yeah. Right. That, they, was they that not... like a million monkeys behind a million computers accidentally <laughs> typed that headline? Yeah, That's what does that mean? That's not a fucking technical error. I, I don't know. Somebody wrote that. Yep. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, I, I I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's somebody wrote that. <laughs> they did. They sure that was did. not a technical error. Someone <laughs> not will, a technical willingly error. wrote that. That's a regular <laughs> error. That's just called an error. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's you know. You hey, can't I'm just say, "Oh, a computer was involved, so it's a technical error." <laughs> a computer. <laughs> a computer is involved in everything now. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, like basically, everything you do is computer related. Like, like, what are they? Yeah, sorry, wrong number. Just so, to check what are they? Yeah, what are they trying the to say? Like, they new newspaper. Who dis? Like, they bought Skynet, <laughs> and Skynet became self-aware and published that stupid article. It, it must you, be. You know what? Must you be. know what? I would expect that. I would expect like, <laughs> does somebody have like a Markov bot that cranks out believable headlines? Hey man, you never know. I mean, you yeah, know. I would. So yeah. the next article, alphabet we have... contact Steve Jobs via Ouija board <laughs> gets approval for sale. So you might be talking about the Onion. <laughs> Maybe. Wait a minute. What's wrong with the Onion? Nothing. Their news is actually better than most that's, of the real news. That's but... true. Hey, do y'all do y'all remember Weekly World News with the Bat Boy stories and all that? They're back still in the day? around. Yeah, oh, still oh, around. Man. They have a website that is very popular, as it should be. What? Go what is, look. What is the URL? I'll give you a guess. <laughs> <laughs> CNN.com. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Listen. All right. All right we got a little bit more news to go through here, so let's uh, yeah. let's, let's get it done. Oh, my okay. God. I'm not sure I'm sure I'm saying this right, but Accenture left a huge trove Accenture. of Accenture. Accenture. Okay, all right. The, ac- the accent is in the center <laughs> of Accenture. Accenture <laughs> left a huge trove of highly sensitive data on exposed servers. So they used Amazon's S3 storage service, oh. and it had hundreds of gigabytes of data. Fucking Why? Oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Why is what? anyone doing that still? Hang on. I- Look, well, hold on, I'll read the article to we you. We get at least we'll, one we'll of these out. every week. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So anyone with the address could could download it without a password. Uh, and, yeah. And uh, I'd just like to point out to uh, our open directories that, uh, yeah, they would love this. It was four servers that contained the data that amounted to the keys of the kingdom. Or keys Not the, the kingdom. keys of the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. Oh, no. Which kingdom? <clears throat> it was a different type. It was, they, each server had a, different, a range of different types of credentials, including private signing keys. And passwords, most of which were stored in plain text. There were also master keys for its Amazon Web Service key management system, which, if stolen, obviously could allow an attacker full control over the company's encrypted data. So, yeah, this is, you know, Equifax worthy, practically. And our last story, Equifax UK has been caught in a mega breach. Oh. They were originally reporting 400,000 ca- 400, uh, Brits, but now it's up to 15.2 million. Fucking. <sighs> this this uh, is from the same company uh, that had a music major as their, uh, or music, hey, a master's hey, in music hey. as their. Uh, as not security. relevant. Not relevant at all. Does not even matter. Not relevant. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Stop fucking doing that. And that's, and that's paper <laughs> the news. Ba-dum-bum. So what'd you say? 15 million? 15 million. <laughs> 15.2 well, million. Well, you know, Target and Sony's like, that's cute. 15 million. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Right. Can't even compete. 
Oh my god. So 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 actually you brought up an interesting point that mm. I want to touch on and I think Johnny does as well. If we go back to the whole Equifax Don't thing. Don't tell me what I want. Johnny. <laughs> I know what you want, Johnny. So here it comes. So tell him what you want. Some of that tell him what you want, what you really really want. So so a, a lot of the big fallout from this whole Equifax thing was the fact that the CISO had a degree in musical composition, right? And mm. really my thought process on that is who cares? You know, I mean, I've met people that have master's degrees in cybersecurity, you know, master's in computer science, whatever, but don't know shit about computer security. So the question yeah. is whether you have relevant certs or you have a degree in, you know, InfoSec or whatever it is, does it really matter at the end of the day if you know how to do your job? I say no. Well, I don't know that she knows how to do her job necessarily. Well, but I mean, right, I, and that's yeah, and that's all well and good, and that's fine, and that was that may have been proven, and that's not the point. The point is that you're picking on somebody, and it, I mean, at least it was like this in the InfoSec realm. Like you're picking on somebody for not having a proper degree or certification in their field, while at the same time. For decades, you have been picking on people for having proper certifications and degrees in their realm. So which fucking is it? Oh, yeah. No, no. I agree yeah. completely on that. Absolutely. Like, should you have I a degree can't. in InfoSec or you should you not have a degree in InfoSec? You got to pick a fucking side. You can't just make fun of everybody all the time I mean, because well, yeah. look, that's we, what we bullies know. do. And bullies are usually covering up for their own ineptitude. Well, look, Johnny, we, we know that there's always got to be a scapegoat, right? But if we take this at even more finite level than this, think about your company and the people that define the password policy for your company. <laughs> have they ever cracked a password in their life? Fuck no. No, they have not. No, they, they haven't. But they're somehow in this position where they get to define what a strong password could be. And that's really what the problem is with the information security community right now. It's, well, run, we- by, it's run by a bunch of people that are member, members of a clique and like a good old boy club. That people that actually know what the hell they're talking about can never be a part of. Well, I wanted to mention uh, we that has not been my experience, not been my personal experience. I've found that the policy writers at at least the pair of enterprises that I've worked at in the past have been at it for decades and have been at it for so long that an eight character or ten character password with numbers and capital letters required is so far beyond complex compared to the policies they've had in the past that mm-hmm. this seems like a perfect balance between secure and user happiness, which is pretty much every, you know, that that's the other ingredient that goes into the policy is keeping the users relatively happy. Well, and we actually have, we have, go ahead. We have an episode one actually, where we talked with Matt, that IT guy, whatever his name is, Matt, Matt Craig. Uh, yeah, Matt Crape, thank you. We talked about certs and sort of had the same sentiment. S1E13. And we also have Which, two episodes at this point where we talk about passwords, and it's well, sort of the same thing no, no, we no, talk no. about. We have, we have like five different episodes well, where we talk about passwords. But we I'll, also, I'll have to link to we also brought up news. But we, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We talk originally about certs and how, the, you know, I personally don't believe they're required to do a good job. It, it all depends on the individual and how motivated they are and all that. I talk about that a lot in S0E3. Matt came on in S1E13, and he defended certs, saying, like, they are... Are you I mean, a podcast librarian? Because that's awesome. I, well, look, I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I'm I not saying a cert is worthless, but a cert shouldn't be the measurement of your competency. A cert? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was sort of the stance we took. And, 
you know, to some extent, Matt did refute that point. But at the end of the day, I think he was sort of on the same page. That experience has to speak for itself. As far as 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 passwords go, though, we did we did have a story about the original creator of the complex password said that he regrets doing that. Because he yeah. didn't really know what he was doing at the time. You know? Because yeah. he never cracked and that was a password NIST. in his that life. Was, right, exactly. Let's, right. let's make sure we call out that that was the NIST document, the base document. Right. Pretty much every good organization uses as a baseline for security. Exactly. And he said, I'm sorry I did that. But in his defense, at the time when he wrote that, when that document was created, it was a relatively valid policy. And that's our argument. Well, well look, I, I we agree with about. you. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, when you have a person that's in a position where they can recommend policy on how to create a strong password, but they don't know how to crack a password, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it, and, and cert, to go back to the certs, certs, the value of a cert varies based on context. Mm-hmm. Companies use certs as a means of testing potential candidates. Sure. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a way of, you know, weeding out the chaff from the wheat. And like they're they're totally valuable to companies. And so we get certs in order to prove that value to companies to get that out of the way. You shouldn't get a cert in order to learn something. You should get a cert because you have learned something. And now you're just getting mm-hmm. a quick a quickie cert to yeah. prove that so you can move on. Otherwise, like anyone can write down that they're, you know, that they have a CCIE level of competency in (laughs) network engineering on a fucking resume. And it's going to get down to like the technical interview before you realize this guy's full of shit. Whereas like at Mm -hmm. least if you could validate that they have a cert, like that they have a CCIE and that it's currently valid, you could go, okay, this guy at least definitely knows this basic level of shit. And that's, you know, and let's now talk to him and see where that goes. It is a means of proving that you know something, but it's not, it only proves up to the level of knowledge that that cert requires. It's not bullshit. I mean, there, hang it, there, there are absolute scam bullshit certs out there. Yeah. AC council. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, there's, there's like some like Bernie, Bernie Madoff level, like invented Mm -hmm. garbage certifications out there that are literally just scamming people out of money for nothing. That happened, you know, I want to say 2011, 2012, like yeah. post tar- mm. post target breach. You saw this gargantuan spike in everyone other son offering InfoSec certifications. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. you do have to take into consideration the the repu- reputation of the certifying body. You know, I'm right. You know, I'm not going to accept Frank's, you know, a, a, a CCIE from Frank's Cisco shop. You know, like that's not a valid but like Cisco's CCIE. Totally great. You know, things like well, that. Well, hold on. I, th- I, I think we're getting a little off base from my original point, right? <laughs> and that's probably because we're all drinking. But All right. <laughs> Here. And, and Let me get back to what I said before the show. Yeah. As, as somebody who went to went to college on a music scholarship, <laughs> fuck anyone who's saying a musician can't be in the InfoSec Agreed. field and, is, and, and has no, no right to to be an infosec well, leadership. Well, let, well, let me let me let me give you a real world example of what I'm trying to communicate. Okay. I just did. Well, no, no, no I'm, in a, I'm in a good one. I'm in one that's valid. Oh! All right, so, uh, you paid me to be here. I don't. I didn't. I didn't pay you. I got paid. To Somebody be here. did. All right. Somebody gave me this <laughs> gargantuan check. Be here. Somebody yeah, came I, to my door with a huge check. It was like it was six like Publishers Clearinghouse. It yeah, was, it was awesome. Had my name on it. That's great. You go ahead and cash that check, right? By all means. <laughs> I can't get it through the door. <laughs> That's like a, a personal problem to me. So, 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 check the, so check this out, right? So 
So the yep. point I'm trying to make is we have people that define password policies that don't understand how to crack a password. We'll take another mm. institution like ISC Squared, for example, right? They maintain the, the CISP, which is the most <laughs> illustrious security certification, right? So anyways, ISC Squared has a board of directors. Who are these people? What have they done? Why are they qualified to be there? So sure. a couple, so a couple of years ago, Chris Nickerson. I don't know if everyone knows Chris Nickerson, but to give you a quick background, name dropper. So, so you know about Nickerson. <laughs> so Nickerson's been around for a long time, right? And basically, if there was a book that was written about red teaming, he likely wrote it. So, yeah. anyways, Chris Nickerson basically applies to get on the board of directors for ISC Square, mm -hmm. and they make it so difficult for him to do that. They said, you have to get this petition. You have to have this many people sign it. It's basically yeah. the equivalent of if you wanted to run for a public office as like a libertarian, the Republicans and the Democrats mm. would make it so difficult for you to do it. So, right, so you're going back to the good old boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. so, so, so yeah. Nickerson wants to become part of a board of directors or whatever you call it that maintain this illustrious security entity that exists in the industry. But he can't because he's not a part of that clique. And that's the problem, I think, that going on with the InfoSex like community right now. If I can counter that. Please do, Johnny. I was hoping <laughs> yeah, you sure. would. And, and I'm actually, <laughs> I, I will. I'm actually, So while to not completely counter it, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. <laughs> Thank However, you. there are there in, in the last big shuffle up over at ISC Squared, there have been a number of people who have gotten to, onto the board who are a member of the same clique that Nickerson is in. I will specifically name Wim Reams and Dave Kennedy. Oh, I don't know Kennedy okay. was on it. Oh, is he? I'm checking now. I know he ran. <laughs> well, regardless, why, why didn't, why didn't this no, happen he, in 2000? I'm looking at it right now. But why didn't this happen in 2014 right. or 2015? No, you're totally right. 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 And it, it, it and the only reason those two are on there is because InfoSec really started to become huge and these two gained such a massive following mm -hmm. of people who were forced to get their CISSP for one reason or another and were pissed off by the process by which they had to get it. They were pissed off that they had to get it in the first, pl first place. They were pissed off by the content of the exam and there were just enough of them. And by them, I, I include myself, so I'll say us. Mm -hmm. That when people who really wanted to change the way info, the, the industry of InfoSec is, not the community, but the industry. And I think that's what you, you mean by the good old boys club is the industry, the mm -hmm. suits and yeah. in InfoSec. The, the people who wanted mm -hmm. to change that had enough of a following behind them to be able to rally and actually get those petitions signed. And I remember those petitions and I remember Wim and Dave coming, going to their Facebook friends and saying, please, if you're, you know, if you're, a, if you have any ISC squared certification, please sign this position. And I said, holy fuck. Women, Dave, are running for board. That would be incredible if they got on there because those two would sit on that board and they would fuck that good old boys club up. And, and that's what we need. That's, and that's what we need. And that's yeah. what is happening. Not has happened, but is happening. They have okay. taken. They've, there have been great strides. The CISSP exam is far better than it than it was when I took it for sure. One thing you have to remember of that that exam though is it's not a technical exam. It's a management exam. Sure. It's an exam that mm. certifies you to be a manager or a director or possibly a VP of an information security hmm. group. Interesting. It is not for boots on the ground. It is not do, for red team, blue team. Do we know? However, if, do we, we know require if so many of those people or? to get it? What's that? Do we know if she's tried to take that exam or who's she? The who's she? The, the, the head of Equif the head of Equifax uh, security. Oh, we don't know that. 
I mean, I don't know. Oh, we don't know. I, I mean, mean she all, was. I know I, that all information has been pulled I do from know. the web on her. I feel like when you're that high up, you're not really fumbling around in the certification sure. realm anymore. I feel like you right. go, I was a, a, the C-level at these two organizations. And, it's because, and it's because you know somebody. That's essentially what it boils down to. Yes. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. There is a lot of nepotism. Absolutely. You don't get promoted to CIO. You get asked by a friend to. But, right. but Johnny, That's like, true. like, but Johnny, like, like what you're saying, it's cool that like when and like Dave Kennedy are on the board now, but back to my original statement, you know, Chris Nickerson tried this in, you know, 2014, 2015, he had the required signatures and there's still the bureaucracy of, Oh, you submitted it at five o'clock mountain time. <laughs> you had to submit it by five o'clock Eastern time, you know, yeah. like, uh, and, 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 sure. and, and, and Chris Nickerson has a large following. So maybe it was mm. a lot of heat when he talked about this and maybe that's why outsiders can now join. But well, and to prove your point, Oh, I love if when my compare, points are proven. Please do. Yeah, to, to prove your point, to, if we compare Wim Reams and Dave Kennedy to Chris Nickerson on a personality level, Chris is much more forthcoming, abrasive, you know, shoots from the hip. And I that sort of thing historically doesn't get you into any good old boys club because nobody wants to be told that their shit stinks. But on the and same, Chris is but the on kind this, of person but, that tells people their shit stinks. But on the same note, Chris is the equivalent of infosec pop star. Like ultra popular, oh, everybody sure. knows him. You know, absolutely. He's one of those, like the Paris Hiltons, where you like people know what his name is, and not to insult him, I didn't mean you definitely that, just like, did, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but like people know <laughs> what his name is and who he is, but then you go, oh, what what does he do now? What has he done? And most people can't tell you because he's reached that pop star status. Hey, Chris, if you're listening, I'm sorry for uh, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, that's why I, I, I buffered myself. I'm like, that man, right, I didn't so- mean it that way. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So just to, to cover some past points, the, the thing about Bill Burr rescinding his password recommendations was S2E14. I have noticed that this the SISP has gotten a lot more respect i guess i want to say in the infosec world in very recent times. relative i remember when yeah rel- yeah of course relative i remember a time when it was applauded for burning your sispy and <laughs> things like that so i think the reputation there certainly is improving and more so though i i guess to to counter both of your points play the devil's advocate here from my understanding the reason there was so much criticism against uh against this what was it cso, CSO was it yeah CISO, okay, for the the CISO for um, Equifax was that she, not that she had a music degree so much so that, or more so that she didn't have any infosec experience at all on her resume. Well, and I think that's the well, no, I don't know, man. Let's, let's discuss. I think that. I think I think she was a CISO before she was at Equifax. I think the gripe was she didn't have a degree in a technology field. Okay. Yeah, and at that point, my, my information might be wrong. Right. This is and all so this is this me. is a huge problem I have with what I what I call infosec Twitter. Mm-hmm. It, it's people who have done very little research, little and have no business fucking talking or judging anyone in a position like that, trying to get on the bandwagon of yeah, fucker, and and <laughs> right. it's like wh- who the fuck are you? Yeah. Shut the fuck <laughs> right. no. up. I am I am not a fan of the bandwagon no. mentality. But I, that was that was my understanding, and if that's incorrect, I'm well. I'm I mean I'm glad that it's not true because I would I would think that's ridiculous for Equifax to do. Well, but on the downside, I it mean, does mean that the one could argue that obviously you know, what so what I mean when you're that high up in an organization, when you're C level, when you're a chairperson, right. how much 
technical knowledge do you need for the vertical within the organization that you're the chair mm. of? Because at that point, aren't you really just hiring vice presidents and such below you who yeah. are good at managing their individual verticals? Like, isn't your job as a C-level really to just bring in pe bring in people who are good in that vertical? It is. Whereas you well, yourself that's only need to know the general landscape? I think that's partly where Peyton's question came in is just, you know, because you mentioned that the CISP was mostly a management sort of cert, wouldn't that make it more relevant? Mm. Oh, sure. But relevant versus required would be the argument. Mm -hmm. there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Should we required all CSOs, CISOs? Well, so I, think, be... I think that goes back to your point, though, I about, just... about certs just... not necessarily being necessary. Do you want the person who's in charge of your security to be certified? Do they need to be certified? And, you know... Uh, I no, think the what? person who is in charge needs to be able to prove that they are qualified for the role okay. via some fashion. And your and your qualification is not tied to your college degree or your levels of certification. It's tied to your mm -hmm. level of knowledge in the affected area. Okay. I, I would say okay. experience is a good indicator of that knowledge. I, but I think uh, at but that not role, the only one. when you're at that level, when you're at that C-level role, I don't want to say... I don't want to use the word experience anymore. I want to use past performance. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because at that yeah. point, like you, you look at a C-level's resume, it's not, you know, here's my, here's my experience. You go, here are the things I have accomplished at other companies, which resulted mm -hmm. in this, in, you know, these benefits to those corporations. You mm -hmm. know, C-level, you are, mm -hmm. you are shifting dynamics. You are changing the direction the ship is sailing. At the sea levels, yeah, you know, I feel like certifications, especially a CISP or whatever, like that's far below that level. You are way beyond that middling bullshit at that point. Well, well, and you got to think about it like this, man. If if Ford Motor Company is hacked tomorrow and they have a huge mm -hmm. breach, and we find out that their CISO has a master's in cybersecurity in every cert in the world, does it matter? No. He's still under I'd the like same fire. I'd like to know fire. where he got that. No, but, but I'm saying... no, no U.S. <laughs> university has offered a master's in cybersecurity for... Uh, maybe it's been about six or seven years, so... But, like, he would have had to been in school this... <laughs> Old time, well, but what, no I'm was, saying, but what I'm saying is, I, no, I but regardless, you know, that was garbage, but yeah, it, that was garbage. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. But, um, <laughs> I was just, like, I'm, I'm starting to have you pegged as a garbage guy, but, um, <laughs> but, but the point I'm trying to make is, you know, if you should have said garbage, garbage man, man sounds, sounds it's more pleasing, but, um, I gotta stop throwing out just like garbage <laughs> devil's advocate for the sake of no, the but, show. but, but, That's, but, but, but the point I'm trying to make is if Ford Motor Company gets hacked. And their CISO has every certification under the world, and he has the proper college degree that makes everyone happy. He's still a bad guy, and it's still his fault, regardless. So it doesn't matter what he has on paper. Is it his fault? No, 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 no. It's not. That's actually no, a great question because because even in Equifax, the fact that they got in through an Apache Struts vulnerability that is not the CISO's fault. Right. It, right. Well, is it? We don't know. Yeah, but that was, is that is not the did CISO's she approve fault. A did, did that CISO approve a policy that allowed that wide of a gap for that vulnerability? More to the point, it may not even be the CISO's fault. It may be, it may not be right. due to policy. Right. The, or my, and my point is, we don't have enough facts to know who was at fault there. Sure. Well, it, well answer me this question. We know it was a missing patch. Is there a such thing as a 100% effective patching solution? 
Absolutely not. There you go. Uh, well, hold well, on. Uh, I mean, well, okay, okay. I mean, on, pa- on paper. I mean, on paper. I mean, who cares about paper? We're talking about real life. But realistically, right. if you stick to a schedule and you apply the patches as you need to, and you actually do the patching versus like you know blaming uh, Apache struts for the vulnerability when the actual vulnerability was patched that day okay. and they had an, an update available for it. I feel like, you know, Equifax has no, they don't have a, this, a leg to stand on because well, they didn't on. do it. Well, this is well, a hold on, hold on, hold on. sysadmin conversation here. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is, this is yes. perfect for your podcast. Because we're the ones but, actually yeah. actually implementing the patches. So I think three and, months without. Yeah, I don't really patch. But what I'm saying, but, but hold on. But, I don't think. Hang, like, hang on. Hold on. But what, but what we know, what we know <laughs> is that your WSUS server can install patches to your machines and then yeah. something happens during the reboot. And it doesn't effectively install that patch, but it's reported as patched, and we know that happens. Mm. I, oh yeah, I've I've heard of that. Yeah, so it's so, my favorite. So, so that's a possibility. So I'm, it, I'm a so Nick admin, thing, though, so all least, this stuff is foreign to well, me. So boo. Well, well he's hold on, case, he's a, hold on, yeah. he's a Unix admin. Like uh, exploits and viruses yeah. do not exist in Unix. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I never said that. I can't hear you over your beard. I was talking about WSUS. In your latte. Calm down. So actually, don't even drink coffee. So check check this out. For most vulnerabilities, at some point after they're discovered, you know, it might not be immediately. But there is usually some kind of proof of concept or way to check if the exploit is indeed mm-hmm. affecting your Where's systems. Where's the WebEx raise hand button on this? <laughs> That's a good question. We actually had to uninstall that. <laughs> I had it, and then it mysteriously disappeared on my end. Yeah, you don't get one, sorry. Not for you. Uh, um, so back so when... At some point, don't you have to work that type of... You're think you're that making sort of it far more exact- checking into but, your work. But you you're have- making it far more far more complicated than it needs to be. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we can talk about exploit, you know, execution and red teaming your environment to ensure that something's been patched. But again, as a penetration tester, what I find more often than not is it's as simple as just going and checking the system and asking it if it was patched, and not just with mm-hmm. WSUS, but like going and looking. And so, like, you remember the bad lock vulnerability? from what a couple of years yeah, ago absolutely. where like ba- mm-hmm. the guys who had the exploit were just trying to drum up and make themselves famous by going oh you're all fucked in and once defcon <laughs> rolls around patch your shit patch your shit patch your shit yeah i famously was like railing back against them going fuck you no you can't like it's not possible the larger your enterprise is you can't do the, it you you can't there's systems yeah, right, you can't right. patch there's there's yeah. systems, there's prod systems out yeah. there that have a once a year change window. You know, you mm-hmm, can't right. just fucking patch whenever you feel like it. That's not how the real world works. And so you, you're like, when you have an exploit or vulnerability, patch your shit can't be your only answer. There has to, you have to release other information saying, you know, well, here's, give me the ports it attacks. Let me be able to firewall off this mm-hmm. system. Let, you know, let me know like how I need to set my jump hosts up for access to mm-hmm. this system so I can be protected. Don't tell me I'm floating in the water and fucked until <laughs> you release your exploit in June. Uh, and so my whole point of that is that like patching isn't the only solution. And I'm, I'm a little bit harder on the operations teams. I, granted, I'm, I have the allowance to do that because we're an operations-centric podcast. So we frequently tell people to patch their shit. And we also have firsthand ex- experience and knowledge of you, how you difficult it is to clear those patches. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, like, absolutely. You, you, there should but be no it should be not patch your shit 
and that's if not you the can't, only answer. X Y Z. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, short. And, and, so, and someone but, made the comment a little earlier. They were like, "Someone should have went through and manually verified these." Right. So we don't we don't know yeah. the circumstances. Like, if this exploit came out, an example, like for it, it came out in June, and they mm. did their quarterly pen tests, and it happened to be in May. Can you knock them for mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Ha- hashtag well, InfoSec that. Twitter. That's exactly it, what that and is. And the thing is, realistically, yeah. so for one, just to be clear, I didn't say that should be the thing. I was more so asking a question. Why isn't that part of the oh. workflow? It, it, well, it's... And, and that's just... I don't really know. Like, I well, would well, have no well, idea well, that well, let me, corporations well, do quarterly... Well, 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 let yes, me, re- let yes, me rephrase did. my statement then. Yes. Let me, so, so, yes, the, the answer to your question is organizations should follow up with pen testing, but you can't pen test every day. Yeah. And right. we know with the rate of exploits coming out and new vulnerabilities being discovered practically on like a daily basis, it's impossible to keep up with it. You know, you yeah. have your set schedule mm-hmm. when you say, I'm going to do my pen test. If you do it once a quarter, that's awesome. Like that's way ahead of the curve. But anytime, unfortunately, if you have a new vulnerability that comes out that's within that quarter time period and then it's exploited and you hit the media, it's automatic. Oh, it's the CISO's fault when it's not necessarily the CISO's fault. We don't have enough information to say that accurately. And these CISOs mm-hmm. that are yeah. taking the fall and retiring or quitting, that's what they're doing. They're taking the fall. They are volunteering to be a yep. scapegoat to save the face yeah. of the company. Yeah. And that was my point. Is it's except not so the, much except res- their CEO who blamed that one IT guy. You bring up Equifax good- is a little bit different too, because you know, we saw all the executives took the golden parachute out like they clearly knew about this before it got released to the public, so that's still well, that's ongoing. Why they quit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, and that's still ongoing. It's to, no skin off their back. That's right, but someone yeah. has to be accountable. And what I'm saying is, whenever an organization is hacked and it makes the media, the CISO is automatically accountable, no matter what. Right. And you know what? I because think that's the correct way to do it, though. Sure. I mean, they they it's get a cop these. Out. I well, no, I don't agree with that. But here's why. So. When you're a when you're a CISO, you have full knowledge that it is your on your liability that if something fails, it's on that you. That is correct. That's why your paycheck is That's so being fucking a leader. huge. Yes. You, yeah. you, right. Yeah. And you know yeah. you will have to take the fall if shit goes down. That's yeah. totally valid. But, to, but well, to say it's the CISO's down. fault, but to say it's the CISO's fault is unfair. Right. That's, fall is unfair. That's Absolutely. the problem. Correct. So I guess Peyton just said something, too, that shit does go down. And I think it's an interesting point because, you know, more and more we do see this kind of stuff happening. In you guys' opinion, do you think that's – is it reasonable? Is it just that we are working with more and more data and more and more customers, so this is inevitable? Or Mm. has there truly been some kind of resurgence in this type of information? You know, man, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But the reality I can tell is, you hate it. You yeah. just hate it. I know. I, no, actually, I love it. So here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ruin everyone's day right here. You know. Go ahead. So when you get notified that there is a breach at this company and you're affected, right? Like I've kind of yep. gotten numb to it, and like I tell people, mm. your information has already been bought and sold hundreds, if not thousands, of times, right? Yeah. Every everything yep. that we hear about these big like mega breaches that are on the media. There's two criteria that fit them. Number one, they were detected. And number two, they were reported. If we knew the real Mm -hmm. truth of how often these corporations were infiltrated and how often your data was stolen, it would just melt you. Like right where yeah. you are. Well, yeah. it wouldn't melt yeah. you. You would well, realize you're used to it. that it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Mm-hmm. It's the, I mean, yeah, you're, you definitely, you have the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, but the, all of our social security numbers. They're gone. Were, have, have been gone 
for so fucking long mm-hmm. that oh, this yeah. breach is dumb. It's who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares? It's it not even anything right. Like, and and that's why, like, I'm sure you've all noticed when you call your credit cards or whatever, or go to get a loan, they ask you a bunch of questions about like what where your dad owns property, because <laughs> because just having your social security number is no longer proof of who you are. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, great, you know that social security number. So do I. <laughs> it, it, so so does so does Boris so, in Russia. Everyone knows. Yeah. And so like let, and as evidence, look at the people who breached Equifax. They wanted two billion dollars to mm. give the data back. They wanted a two billion dollar ransom. Let's look at what that means. That means that they were not able to get two billion dollars anywhere else for that data. Yep. Now that mm. seems like all right, so maybe they could get one billion. They're asking too much. Two billion dollars divided by the number of records that were in that breach comes out to mm-hmm. less than two cents per record of value. They could not get two cents per identity from that breach. Yeah. That is how mm-hmm. worthless and the reason and the reason PCI is because data that is. data is already that well, is how dumb this whole breach is. It's already sold. Right. It is because the yeah. data is already it it's old or because it is very difficult these days to do anything with that data. Right. Well, right. they're not they're not now, getting money off of the sale of your data. They're getting money off of the protection they're selling you. They're going to offer you a year of free security. That, you know, we're going to check on your identity. Oh, no. No, 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 oh, no, 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 sir. no, 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 no. Do you know no. what they're going to offer you? No, for, no. No, no, no. What they're what they're yeah. offering you is the opportunity <laughs> they, they to not take for that. not take part of the class action lawsuit. Yes, that's what they're offering. If you, you. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. no, when yeah, exactly. you accept that free credit monitor, oh, I didn't accept you it. agree. <laughs> yeah, right. And why would you? Every, all every one of yeah. us can do our own free creditor monitoring in two clicks. I have a mm-hmm. Discover card. They offer mm-hmm. me free credit monitoring without having to sign up for anything. So, so mm-hmm. here's something that's kind of interesting about Equifax, and this will open a whole new conversation in itself, right? Yes. Implied consent. Well, actually, before you, none of us really agreed to do business with Equifax. Not, that's true. I mean, it was in all of our right, right, holder agreements, right. etc. But, but we don't but, read those. But of course, that's implied consent. And how far yes. does implied consent? Really I, I get what he's saying. I get what no you're way. saying about that. Uh, I, well, right. all right. And, and I think it Well, in the U.S., we were a mm-hmm. capitalist society. And so the way the legal system works, uh, as somebody who's been on the wrong end of this several times, whoever has, the, whoever has the most money will win the, cor- win the case. And it will, always be mm-hmm. the, it will always be the corporation. And while, yes, that's why I know I do not have a college degree. Um, hey, hey, uh, yeah. hey, Johnny, so, Johnny, hold on, Johnny, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Johnny. I'm glad you yeah. said that, man. I don't have a college degree either. And back to our mm-hmm. original conversation. Is it because about, you were sued by a corporate partner of the school? Well, no, it's because expelled? I'm lazy and I drink a lot. But <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, hang on. And you know that's a good point because I, I like I talk a lot about how I was sued out of college. That does imply that i would have graduated <laughs> and, and that i can't and i honest i don't believe that was true i'm lazy and i fucking hate school like i probably yeah, never would have gotten a degree anyway but but but, yeah, but, but, for but sure. hold on but but, but I'm, I'm with you but the point that. i'm trying to make is i don't have a college degree but yet i lead a red team for an international financial institution why is that because i can hack the shit out of some computers it's sure. not because i have a college oh degree. you know what we i don't think we actually like 
introed ourselves and no. why we're qualified to be talking shit whatsoever. So, we, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> we're just some idiots on a on a mic, <laughs> just drunk guys just talking shit. But but no, but the, yeah. but the point I'm trying to make is Johnny and I are both accomplished penetration testers, accomplished red teamers. Neither of us have a college degree. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Yeah. Should, yeah. should we not be in our position? Should we not? Yeah. Should we not should be we able resign? to hack shit? Should we publicly resign? <laughs> I don't know. All in favor, say yeah, aye. Right. Nay. Definitely nay. Aye. And the answer is no. Right. Exactly. So we spent a lot of time talking about a lot of the problems here. I think if possible, what kind of solutions can you envision? And I hate to sound all like oh, corporate buzzword. I'm going to go super you know. alt left on you. With, like, <laughs> well, hold like, on. Hold on. Hold like, on. fuck capitalism. <laughs> We need that, to burn no, the no, banks. No. Like, if you want the That's, answers. That won't fix shit. You still need a way to have a unique identifier for citizens for these purposes, right? Well, so, like, do you think a new, entirely new system would work? You're, like, an entirely, just we, start over from scratch? The, like, you what, how do we address saying, this? You acknowledging that this system does anything and has ever done anything is already, like, invalidating your line of question. It is. It is. And hold on. And Johnny, I'll let you finish in a second, but let me make this point. If we talk about credits, speci- if we talk about credits specific- Let me finish. Can I finish? I'm, oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. Johnny you go ahead. You go ahead, Johnny. I'm no, go ahead. All right, well, I'll go, go ahead. ahead. You're far more eloquent than I am, Thank and you'll you. probably say Thank it better. Thank you. Yeah, so, so pulling my Kanye, <laughs> let me just say that if you talk, to, if we talk about credit specifically, you can- Hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. You, you can talk to 10 different people that are credit experts, and not a single one of them can tell you how credit works. <laughs> so sure. so the whole system is flawed. It's a made up system. It, it there's no merit to it. And no one can tell yeah, you those how to fix credit it. experts. Yeah. Those I, credit I, experts will charge you money for that advice. Mhm. Mhm. Charge you to say I, nothing. I've had people tell me, "Oh yeah, go and charge up and then pay it all off at once." And I've had other people tell me, "Charge uh, yeah, up a little yeah, bit yeah. and then make payments." But like, it's all contextual. It depends right. where you are. Exactly. Keep a balance. Right. What, yeah, what right. your goal is. Which right. yeah, it's, exactly. And and to get I credit, mean, shit, is just ridiculous. tell me that doesn't sound like a one percenter scam against the working class. Yep. Right. <laughs> I mean, I told right. you I'm going right, to go all right, left sure. on all of you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's all right. The point is, like, we're now we're in a position where we can bitch about it or we can look for ways to fix it. That we are Americans. Are pragmatic. We will bitch. Yep. We will not. We ask. will not fix. We will uh, only no, bitch. So. Again, like I okay. said, y- using the word fix, you're not it's not even wrong. It's the mm. not even wrong situation. It's not the word fix doesn't apply to this. It was never broken because it never worked, because it was never a thing that did what you thought it did. Okay. Sure, but like even moving past credit, we still need some sort of way of guaranteeing that individual citizens citizens are who they say they are for various reasons oh chi- uh, chip in the back of the net you know what Illuminati. we should have a unique number on. that's <laughs> yeah. nine chip digits in the back mark, mark of the beast come on mi- we have the mind okay. control satellites why oh the fuck gosh. aren't we using them hello mk ultra here we go yeah I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the well, but johnny how number, can you target right? specific citizens if you don't know which ones are which that's what the chemtrails are for let's talk about part okay no but but i mean you guys understand my point right there needs to be some assurance that you are who sure. you say you are obviously social social security is busted it's what's wrong to with hell. the fingerprint biometrics what's are wrong with not the fingerprint really okay so hold on hold on hold on hold on what do you do once it's stolen hold on hold on hold on so you're not yeah, comfortable nothing. with biometrics but you're comfortable with like swiping your credit card and applying for all this like i didn't really? no i didn't say I'm that like, oh yeah, yes either. i'm I saying say we yes. need some way no. of 
Yes. I Look, we need some way of addressing this better than it's being addressed. I don't. And has been Okay, addressed. so we, we as consumers, we as the swipers, mm-hmm. and here's like, you, you ask, oh, but you're, you're comfortable swiping your credit card? Absolutely, 100%. Because what happens when that credit card gets stolen? I just get another fucking credit card. Yeah. I, don't, I can't get another hand. <laughs> I mean, um, well, you can. I know I can, and I, I'm a dark web researcher. You lose that. <laughs> you, you lose it may be from a dead person, you know. but... <laughs> you, so the, the, the point is, like, I, as a consumer, am protected, which is great. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, isn't that a, isn't that a metasploit command, get hands? Get hands. <laughs> yeah, I think it's right. an interpreter <laughs> command. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like auxiliary, scanner, credit, <laughs> get hands. So, like, we're protected. And actually, it took a long time for Congress to pass that fucking law. The mm-hmm. problem is now that the the punishments levied against these corporations that do leak our data are mm-hmm. not Nothing. large enough. The you know, it's it's the old. So remember, like Howard mm. Stern. You know, everyone knows Howard Stern, huge yeah. radio DJ who got away with saying the <laughs> filthiest, most obscene, most FCC violating shit on public radio ever got mm-hmm. away with it because they would go every time you say the F word, that's a thousand dollars or it's like a hundred dollars. And you go, yeah, what? It's fucking fine. I'm making three million dollars a fucking episode. Yeah. I am. Yeah. What? Yeah. Just tell me how much to write the check for and I'll have my accountant do it. I don't want to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And that's Absolutely. what's going yeah. on with these corporations. Yep. They're going, oh, that's a million dollar fine. And Equifax, who has like three and a half billion in fucking liquid capital, yeah. doesn't give a oh. shit. Oh, right. well, oh great. And Here's $10,000. That was the original that's question. We spent on lunch. <laughs> so you guys posed the original question, too, about hacking insurance, right? So I, I, I can guarantee yes, yeah. you that Equifax has a very large insurance policy. So, so when they sure lose they this class action lawsuit and they have to pay, you know, two, three billion dollars, their insurance policy is going to cover it. It means nothing to them. Absolutely, yeah. nothing. There's means- no consequence. And so, and- yeah. So, hey. so I actually I have a question about that too. Along the same lines, if the consequences that are currently in place or will become in place, I guess potentially, if they're sort of insufficient or they don't mean anything. Should there be consequences beyond that? Or, like, what should the outcome of this actually well, be for Equifax, should be severe, in your opinion? I mean, that's what but, but should it? If it doesn't actually matter, right? Johnny said it didn't matter. But how is that How is that regulated? If the government comes in and regulates them, then people will riot and say the government is, is oppressing this company and trying to control them. How does that happen? Sure. And I... And I'm with you they to can. some extent, and I'm totally with you in the sense that I don't think it actually matters all that, that much. That didn't like, happen during all of the uh, the economy recovery laws that got passed. Oh my god! Yeah, in well, fact, well, what we I want to know is like all the bailouts, as I recall. And what changed? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> well, what I want to yeah. know is why people get so bent out of shape over HIPAA being breached. All right, check this but out. But they don't give a shit about PII from other companies because now I know your dick doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard that, you, well, you heard that from the piss experiment earlier. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got HIPAA data on this there you podcast. Go. <laughs> Please don't sell it to Russia. <laughs> but no, that's no, my question. My bottom, so I what think should people, the consequence actually be? I think be? people don't care that HIPAA data gets breached. They're angry for the 72-hour mm. period you know, that we have an attention span the only people for, and then we move on about HIPAA data because Kim Kardashian HIPAA. showed her ass on the internet again. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, hold on. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think the consequence should be. So so if you create a security violation at your work, you will be fired and you will. But that's my job. Well, uh, well yeah, it's your job. But for normal people, right? If you create a security incident at your job and you're let go, 
you're not going to get the golden parachute. You're not going to get the early buyout. You're not going to get to take Mm. your pension. You're not going to make millions of dollars. None of that. So what they need to do is they need to take the executives for these companies. And I'm talking about Equifax specifically because they seem – for some reason, they seem a little slimier than the rest, right? But Mm. take these people. Oh, that CEO. Yeah, but (laughs) but take these people and say, you know what? You're not going to get the golden parachute. You need to pay that back to the people. And how they do that, I don't know. Mm. Because once again, if the government – regulated that enforced it people would riot i don't know they'd be upset i mean most all right so look at it this way there's a lot of people who are really that is a contractual thing and so like we have the argument of you as the bootlicker employee did not have to take that job like Mm -hmm. we always have that fallback you know yeah that's a that's a garbage response but that's garbage man he's yeah, garbage it's, man. It's I will, I will, <laughs> I will always throw down the garbage devil's advocate response because there's someone out there who's fucking saying it and really emotionally gets behind it. But the C levels, like that's written into their contract when they get the job. It's, mm. I think maybe some people don't realize these golden parachutes aren't handed to them on their way out. This is something that was contractually guaranteed to them in their hiring agreement. Right, right. This right. is part yeah. of the deal. You may have to yeah. step down. In that case. Here's what we will do to compensate you. Even though, like, whatever happened was not necessarily your fault, you'll step down to save face for the company, and we'll give you X amount of money. It's it's Mm -hmm. it's literally it's taking the fall. It's like when a fighter takes a fall in the boxing ring. Like, hey, you go down on your own, and we'll give you. But the problem is, even when it is their fault, they still get that golden parachute. And you know what? Do we blame the government for not properly regulating that, or we do blame do we blame the corporation for not? properly setting their executives up for that like that could be written into the contract too. go if you're found at fault you do not get this golden parachute how easy is that like and i would feel the company would not want to pay that golden parachute it's in everyone's best interest except the person at fault to write that clause in there so i guess that's one of the answers is put that clause in no golden parachute if you done fucked up i agree i'm uh, totally behind that and that may involve six years of legal battles or whatever but that's neither here or there (laughs) Yeah, that's what right. I was going to say, is at that point, you have so much money invested in actually proving that they're at fault or not. Well, like we said earlier, if you're the CISO for an organization that has a major breach, you're at fault, whether it's your fault or not. Like, in a leadership mm-hmm. position, like, it's your it's your fault. It's the it's the trickle up. It's, it's the shit rolls uphill when there's just a breach. Like, yeah, thing. just like if you're in the military and you command a unit and the unit fails the mission, as the commander, it's your fault, no matter what happened. Right, mm-hmm. so exactly. people exactly. got to accept that. But... With the sea levels, like you're not the commander of a mission. You're back at the Pentagon, you know. Yeah. And so people, I mean, yeah, like you're, when we designing, we have fucked up system. the last four wars we've been in. Nobody at the Pentagon resigned. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember there were people there's, there's crying out military for... movement, but, but we'll save that for well, a separate conversation. There, I think yeah. that's more political. But, there, but it wasn't yeah. out of that. It maybe, wasn't out of liability. That may not have been even an appropriate analogy. Well, when Abu Grab happened, yeah. there right, were people calling for job. Cheney to resign. You know. <laughs> 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 you guys remember when Abu? Hey, I just want to. I just want to ask for the next podcast. I just want to say for the next podcast, can we have Bobby Thanksgiving on instead? <laughs> you mean instead of Johnny Christmas? You don't want jo- you don't want Johnny Ramadan? That's so much more fun to say. There was there. there hey, I gotta admit, there was just that total awkward moment of silence where I was like, "Did I just fuck up?" Yeah. No, the you're you're lagging behind yeah. a little bit, uh, so we're like, no, we're to you don't insult Johnny Christmas on the air. No. <laughs> well, good thing this is not on the air. 
Fuck that guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'll get bleeped get out. Yeah, that's gone, dude. That's edited. <laughs> and they'll just love they'll bleeps. edit it in such a way to make it sound like some racist joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my makes god. It sound yeah, really look at this yeah. fucking yeah. Republican. Ramadan it's, garbage. Instead of a beep, it's look just it. a voice that goes racist joke. <laughs> <laughs> look at this re- look at this Republican Daryl Kellington. <laughs> oh, and then Let's talk about those senators yeah. again and the cocaine. but back to the topic at hand i mean we we have a problem because (laughs) when you're a c-level executive for a major corporation you're almost untouchable like you have you have these crazy things like johnny was saying already written into your contract so who cares or you don't take the job because that's the other thing. Like that's that's mm-hmm. expected. Well, and if you get a contract as a C level that doesn't have that in, you can pass and go somewhere yeah, else. Because yeah. like once you're gone, once you're getting C level jobs, it's like being a really good pen tester. You can just go somewhere else. Yep. I well, don't gotta mm-hmm. be here. Like you guys want me or not? Because I can fuck off. The thing is, like what you're saying. I mean, I agree with well, you completely. Well, 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 hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. I did, I did, I disagree <laughs> with that a little bit because. Okay. If you see, hold on. If if you see like a CISO job right now on like hot jobs, and you apply for it, you will never get it because you don't know that the people are there. I don't know who's putting CISO jobs on. Oh, hot they're jobs. there, dude. Actually, a matter a matter of fact, the CISO job for Equifax was on hot job, which is kind of funny. Oh my god, which is kind of funny. But but, but the point I'm trying to make is, I guess you know, I, I actually they probably have a requirement to publicly post the position as per HR. But but uh. but whether it's hot jobs or whatever, the point is, when you're applying for a C level job, it's because you already know someone else who's already in a C level position. You're not applying. They already know you're going to get the, it. Yeah. You're just saying, yeah. I want it. Yeah, sure. Right. And so, but then so, to counter that, well, not even counter, but also like another sub, sub. chunk of that is if an addendum. <laughs> yeah. If as a, an existing C-level who's looking for other C-level work, you're probably trying to move up in status. So like you want to move up from our target to an Equifax. And so then that kind of gives Equifax the leg up to be like, all right, we'll hire you, but no golden parachute or a shitty golden parachute. So like when you're the size of something like Equifax, that is, you know, one of the largest corporations on the planet of earth, you can maybe have that level of leverage. and You don't have to succumb to the whims of the people you're hiring so much because so many multitudes of people are going to want that prestigious role. Well, I was going to say, you know, who do you answer to really when you're the CSO of Equifax? You don't answer to the public. You don't answer to the employees even. You answer to the board. You answer you know? to the shore shareholders. Right, is exactly. Your answer. Right. Yeah. So, but to, keep to, in mind, but on, keep in mind, all the flack that this, all the flack this CSO got, she wasn't the one sitting in front of the Senate testifying. Right. That yeah. wasn't her. That was no, the CEO. Sure. sure. That's not, I would argue that's not her job ever. I would argue that's always mm. the CEO's job to testify to the government in front of Congress. I think that's the leader of your organization. Well, that, hold on, hold on. That's not true. When when we had the issues with or the Metallica, uh, when we had issues, hold on, toke it up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, was that? Yeah, did we? yeah. <laughs> All right. So, 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 but <laughs> but remember when the Affordable Care Act was coming out and they had uh, healthcare.gov. And there was all those issues. That was not the CEO of or the CTO of HHS that was there. That was the CISO of CMS that was there testifying in front of Congress. I would, I still argue that that is not their job. But they were there. Oh, sure. Mm. I mean, we've been fucking up as a country for a very long time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Okay. 
so Metallica so that was a really testified great to Congress against <laughs> Napster. Like, was that Metallica's job? No. Well, they made it their job. <laughs> Fuck Metallica too. Right. In regard. And so no, they either did. that CISO made it his job or that company made it that CISO's job. I feel both of those situations are fucked up. You know who would and you know who would never that's my objective opinion. You know who would never testify in front of Congress the Wu Tang clan? They never would. <laughs> never. No, what? Didn't they? No. Oh, no. I'm Googling. All right. Johnny Christmas, I'm coming to your house right now with a spike ball bat. They did not. They did not. No, 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 no. no. Wait, 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 wait. They they No, they hold on. They are they are suing. Martin that's not Shirley, testifying uh, in front the, of Congress. That's, that's a whole separate. That's a oh that's Congress. A, that's yeah, the Congress separate. Yeah. We, Wait, the why Congress, are they suing him? He disclosed their album. They. I thought that yeah. was that was that was part of the contract. He posted it. He that was well within his. No, rights. part of the contract was he could never disclose that album. Then yeah. the the contract I read that he posted said it, he was able to do with it whatever he's as he sees fit. Fake news, and it would be in his. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, like that. I would believe fake news coming from Martin Shkreli. Like yeah, he's he right. trolls on the internet constantly. So I may have right. read a fucking doctored contract that he posted. I would one hundred percent believe that that's did. what happened. Yeah. No, Dude, I'm, I'm gonna tell you yeah, straight okay, up, so, man. If there's some people on the no, face I'm of not trying earth to be uh, that have checked everything. Yeah, it's anything, the but... Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So, like, uh, way more than first, like uh, I just NWA, check. Way more. Yeah. Than Public Enemy. Absolutely. Right. Right. Johnny and Daryl, do you have time to discuss one more sort of related topic? I would hope so. Can we have a, I mean, can we have a moment to confer yeah. with each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah hold on. Hold on. So, Johnny, this Whatever is very important. Do we want to talk yeah. about Do we want to talk about Infosec or Wu Tang Clan? I'm going for Wu Tang Clan. Whatever it is that Jathan asks. <laughs> Infosec or Wu Tang Clan? Is that the question? Yeah, I'm going for Wu Tang Clan. I believe that is. I submit that the two are not separate entities. They're not mutual. There you go. <laughs> you cannot discuss Truly, one Wu-Tang without Clan. discussing the other. And if you can, you don't understand either. Yeah. I kind but, of really seriously but, hope that ODB was like pursuing a CISP before. Hold on, but if but, you can make that separation, then you are definitely qualified to be a CISO. There you go. All right. I will concede that that's, fact. That's how you do it. <laughs> so this is sort of relevant. Again, I'm not trying to like push us through, but this is pretty long for an episode for us. Except the shit show. Even then, it's yeah, not that long. It's, it's edited down, it's gonna be about an hour, so but we talked about how Are you going to edit out uh, all of my garbage response? <laughs> oh, dude, this has been a total shit show. <laughs> all right, what is it, Jason? And so it's just going to be Daryl calling me a garbage <laughs> man for, like, unknown reasons. They're going to be like, on, on episode 56, Daryl calls Johnny garbage man repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, just whatever, garbage man. Okay, it's going garbage notes, man. man. It's going in the notes. there. What, right. what happened? Jason, go Jason. Jason. What are you going to ask him? J-thon. Episode yeah, so, 56, r- in which Daryl calls Johnny Garbage Man six times. <laughs> and he pisses okay, very J-thon. disturbingly. Question. And pisses. J- and Johnny J-thon, question. Go, J-thon. Go, go. You have to get it out, dude. Come on, man. Yeah, come on. Moving along Let's get now. serious. Uh, this is... This is <laughs> God damn oh, here we go. Yeah, is, uh, come on. Daryl's going to have to pee again. related Jesus because we were talking about not having a degree in cybersecurity or whatever. So this was sort of on the list of things we sent you, but how do you propose someone actually prepares himself for a career in InfoSec or, you know, more specifically, how do you get started oh. or 
Perhaps break into the field. This is the worst question ever. (laughs) (laughs) I know. This is the question. All right, Johnny, do you want to slay it first or do you want me to? I know you get asked it a ton. Not have enough liquor for the rage this incites in me. (laughs) Yeah, so I will. Let's do this. I'll present my end of the deal. And then Daryl mm-hmm. will counter with a level-headed response. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> that. That's far more. That's far more cohesive. Okay. <laughs> so, for for the audience of this podcast, of whom I assume is primarily sysadmins, possibly network mm-hmm. admins, etc., some form of sysadmin. Yeah, I would say yes. Please pursue a career in infosec because you're the people we are desperately trying to get in here what we are getting instead is people who heard infosec pays a lot and i get to rob banks and so i'm Mm. gonna go to school and get an infosec degree and show up with negative zero fucking experience or knowledge and ask for money Mm. and Mm -hmm. i as a hiring manager have to hire you because you are the only person who has applied for this job (laughs) uh you sorry you are the best person who has applied for this job (laughs) and it's fucking terrible and that's why shit sucks right now whereas Mm. like if you show up with legit sysadmin legit network admin you know three five six seven eight years experience ago i really love the security aspect of what i do i'm really trying to push for it where i'm at now but i don't really have the leeway with with the constraints that are on me to do that and i'd like to really be able to oversee this aspect of an enterprise culture full time i would Mm -hmm. fucking i would hug you so hard if you came to me with that with no infosec experience but a lot of sysadmin and a passion about security you are precisely mm. the exact demographic that we need in infosec nice what we don't need is the people who are just like oh man i heard that's where the money's at and also fucking i get to hack shit fuck yeah bro yeah fuck that get the fuck out because like you want to like i i get asked more than anything and i'm sure daryl does too hey how do i get to be a pen tester and like my default answer is work on your communication skills. How's your written communication? <laughs> do you like writing yeah. reports? Can you crank out 40 pages for what you did yep. for this week? Because that's 70% of my job. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want my job, like start typing, bro. And they hate that because they just want the money and they want the boner that comes from robbing a hmm. bank. And the that's boner. not what the job is. <laughs> yeah, and there are so boners like, in tail. Please, as... Oh yeah, like ever. I, I <laughs> promise. Like yeah, right. I, I'll admit it. Every time I rob a bank, there's a little, a little twitch. But <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's that's what we need. So please, please do pursue. Mm-hmm. And and how do you do that? How do you pursue? How do you change from sysadmin to infosec? You do exactly what I said. You come in with that, and you, like you may as you may as a seasoned mm. sysadmin have to take a pay cut at first because you're going into a realm where you're not going to be super effective because you may have to go into sure. a base analyst role in a sock or something yeah i mean it's a, right. it's a total it's a mentality you're going to have to take an sure. ego hit and a pay cut like but because of your experience mm-hmm. on the sysadmin side you're going to climb that red ladder really fucking quick and not just because of your experience but because we're so desperate mm. for people that once you like cut your teeth and prove that you can do the basic stuff and you know how to communicate to the sysadmins what needs to be done, which is critical, Mm. Mm -hmm. you're going to skyrocket through an infosec career. 
Now, the downside to that is I personally feel that InfoSec, this bubble is going to pop very soon. I give it five to seven years and the the sure. InfoSec teams at all companies is going to shrink drastically because InfoSec is being taught now to network engineers, to SQL, to DBAs. Mm to network engineers. This is a basic mm -hmm. part of their jobs now. So when these kids come out of school and go to be DBAs and network engineers, they already know a ton of the secure shit. They they know to look for it themselves. They know how to audit for it. They they will then know as network managers of a networking team to audit for and look for this secure shit to the point where you don't need as big of an infosec team at your company doing that work. So it's mm. you know either or but if you want to move up in Do InfoSec you, and eventually move into InfoSec management, will will always be there for sure. Most large companies will always have a sock. You know, we'll always need malware reversers. We'll always need, you know, just people who really know how to dig deep into hunting. That'll always be there. But as far as like internal corporate sure. auditing and things like that, that that's really going to shrink, I feel. But if you have a passion, that passion for security and not a passion for the paycheck, you're absolutely who we want. Who we want? Because I always say, like, I can I can teach a monkey to do my job. You know, I could teach a monkey to rob a bank. I could teach a monkey mm -hmm. to fucking run responder. I can't teach a monkey to give a shit about it. And if right. you give a shit out of the gate, you are seventy percent of what I need, and you are everything I can't teach. So that's mm -hmm. that's pretty much what every interview I I do is just does this guy give a shit or not. And most of the time they don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you if you find a guy who has actually who actually can tell you what a fucking RFC is, that's a pretty good start. And oh, sure, because actually that proves a passion. Like if you know what our, like, yeah, that yeah. means like you yeah, are, you you gotta love you gotta right. love the you gotta love tech to right. read RFCs. If you could quote sure. me the fucking coffee pot RFC or the teapot, like yeah, uh -huh. that's for the, the coffee TV, protocol. Yeah, the coffee yeah. protocols, the HTTP fucking something. See, I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean it's an april fool's one so it's i'll give you a pass but yeah. like yeah exactly exactly so for once you know i i pretty much agree with johnny oh, right come here on. and <laughs> you know and this and this was actually very dignified because i waited my turn and now i'm gonna speak but i agree just like he said you know and i'll start with when you talk about someone trying to gain an infosec career that's a very broad field and just a broad statement right sure an infosec yeah. career can mean anything it can be a policy person it could be someone in a sock it could be a pen tester it can be a reverse engineer whatever but like johnny was saying when i'm looking for people to join my team if you're if you have solid sysadmin experience if you're a dba if you're a web developer, you make a great pen tester. Gold. You just got to have the right mentality and you got to be passionate about it. But, you know, people that are typically in the sysadmin field, like, for example, if we talk about like post-exploitation, no one better than a sysadmin to tell you how to move around a box and gain credentials and further your access and all that. So, oh, yeah. A, like, I mean, point. sure, Daryl agree. Like we everybody thinks that we like run exploits and like exploit vulnerabilities all day. And like, I almost never do. We don't I take advantage of lazy sysadmin. Yep. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, really, like, and we didn't really talk about the difference between like a red team engagement and like a pen test, but a red team engagement specifically, your goal is really to like beat your objectives. I'll wait till you're done smoking, but <laughs> yeah, but but your your goal is really to you know capture your flags and beat your objectives, ideally with not without firing off a single exploit at all. Like that's the Absolutely. goal because that's not what an attacker mm. would do. They want to be stealthy. Right. You live I mean, off in the and land. out, mm -hmm. right? I mean, um, I just, you 
I, this has come up twice in the past week, and I'm not sure why, but it's it's applicable here. I've done a lot of physical engagements where I break into a company and then access their computers that way. And uh, everyone sure. goes, oh, so you, you, like, you socially engineer your way into the building, like you're going to talk your way past the garden. It's like, no, like you like – Talking to someone is a last fucking Hell result. yeah. Sneak in there like because, MacGyver, dude. Yeah. If you got to talk to somebody, <laughs> you run the very high risk that you're going to get an a- get asked a question that you will give the wrong answer to. Like you, if somebody, mm-hmm. like that's an anomaly. A stranger talking to you at your office, that's an anomaly. You don't do anomalous behavior on a, pen, on a, on a red team engagement. And, and even if you, you don't. Mm-hmm. even if you think about just standard pen test methodology, it starts with a port scan, right? From your red team engagement, a port scan means death. Never port scan. And not anomalous behavior. Yep. Yeah. Never do it. Mm. That I mean, and that's also that's that's a hail mary, a port scan. That's a desperate. Yeah. 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 I mean that that would send. Snort of course, that's line, like a, but... I don't fuck. But again, as a pen test who's done in amounts of engagements, I've I've lost count of. So many customers did not even have the basic infrastructure to, to be able to detect something like that, though. There's mm. so many corporations that don't even have a useful SEM that don't, you mm-hmm. know, especially internally. Like most people don't have internal monitoring or most companies. Like that's fucking terrifying. Yep. That was the biggest thing I learned as a pen tester was shit is way worse than you ever thought it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking from the operations end, it's a mess. Yeah. Nobody wants to see how the sausage is made, for <laughs> or sure. Or not made. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that oh, the right, sausage right. is <laughs> exactly. never made. Yet it's right, still how the sausage is not made. to you. Yes. So, Johnny, yeah. maybe, maybe you can confirm my thoughts on this, but... Like one thing I've noticed from like years and I'll years, give you a freebie. Thank you, sir. <laughs> through like through like years and years of pen testing, I remember like back in the day, like whenever I would exploit a box and I'd get a shell, I'd be super excited and I get like little butterflies in my stomach and be like, "Yeah, I got them." Yeah. But now when I get it, I'm sad. You're sad. I'm sad, You're man. Sick. I'm like Absolutely. not again. You know. And I have you and that. I and I. I guarantee you that you talk to anybody who's been pen testing for. 12 months or more that mm. that's that's a mentality i get from all of them because you pop a box and you go come on yep. and, and especially why? and especially why would you and especially why? man when it's the <laughs> same way you got in last year it's depressing. oh that's so mm. so i just this is my first week at a new job i retired congratulations i retired from pen testing oh okay i got I, and granted i was i was a consultant so it was Company after company, week after week, like new, new. Right, right. I got so not only depressed but bored because you go in, you do, you run the same four attacks right out of the gate, and you know they they're all always be work. They always work, mm. and you get DA in a week or less, two days, and then you take your DA and you go get the gold, and then you're like, just what am I doing with my life? It becomes assembly line. Yep. It becomes grueling. So mm-hmm. now I'm. What I do now is I'm doing full-time research for a company called Uptake here out of Chicago. And so now my entire day is hacking shit, you know, from my desk for the betterment of the world, not just, you know, companies who won't even remediate the shit that you find. Would you say that the most vulnerable system is people? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that's the most vulnerable system. I wouldn't say that's the most vulnerable system, but what I can tell you is that if you're going to do an attack that's targeting people, you're going to have a 100% success rate. 
<laughs> I'll corroborate that for sure. I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's so like, in a, I mean, if you widen the definition of like people enough for sure, because people even set up the defensive perimeters and, you know. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, yeah. you know, lazy sysadmins aside, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. The, the concept of exploiting people and why it works. And I'm actually I'm working on a white paper with a psychologist right now. Oh, cool. On this. And it, it's that the employees. So let's like let's let's specifically talk about fishing just to make it clear. Okay. Why does fish? Why does fishing mm-hmm. work? Because fishing always works. Yeah. I've had so many clients mm-hmm. who said, OK, but don't use fishing because we know that will work and we want to know where else we're vulnerable. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so right. like that's the bullshit of like, no, you have to have no scope engagements. But like they're kind of right. So right. like, OK, I'll concede that. It works because the employees of your company, of most companies, don't have a stake in that company's success. They don't give a shit about mm. that company. Or they just if want that company tickets. goes under, they'll go work somewhere else and get a paycheck somewhere else. They don't give a fuck about that company because that company doesn't really take care of them. That company gives them the same shit any other company does. It gives you your okay medical insurance. It might give you some fucking dental. It gives you enough pay that like you can eat it red lobster but you'll get a new job and but you'll get a new job i mean you know we're and obviously we're talking about middle to upper middle class the CISO of equifax Mm. is not getting a new job (laughs) right we're we're talking about about the upper 80 percent and so yeah they they don't have these you have to incentivize your users somehow to give a shit about this phishing email that comes through and that's and i have found like study after study that shows that when you incentivize reporting of phishing, your users become incredibly more alert and astute and vigilant, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, incentivize like it doesn't have to cost you anything. I mean, gamifying it, literally just giving them a point, an ethereal mm-hmm. point for catching a phishing email and then posting a public scoreboard. Holy shit. That does wonders. I mean, it's so, it's exploiting the the human nature. Well, oh, right, which is why gamifying works sure. in everything. It's why every every right, exercise right. app you can ever download is gamified. It's why it's why Fitbit right. has made a trillion dollars off of people walking to the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And I do remember Deviant giving a talk at some kind. I I can't re- recall. I'm pretty sure I linked it in the show notes because I've talked about it before, and I can't remember which episode either. But he yeah he he talked about the same exact thing about incentivizing employees to. To give oh, right. a shit, and it's because like everyone's I've I've had a couple of friends who've written their doctoral theses on it. Mm. I have I'm gonna call out my friend Ben Ten, who I think may all maybe all of you might know. It doesn't sound familiar, but if you toss me his Twitter he's, handle, I'll throw him in the a, show notes. He's Ben Ben Zero X A, like Ben okay. Ten and Hex. Oh, and, and Hex, yeah. Oh, great. Just great, 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 great guy. And I miss him dearly. He used to be part of our Chicago Burbsec team, but he moved to Texas. Okay. He used to be VP over at a healthcare company here, and he created an incentivized phishing reporting plan where if you were the first one, I believe it went if you were the first one who reported an active phishing attack against the company, you got like a five dollar Starbucks gift card. Like super low dollar okay. value. Like five bucks is not enough for seventy percent of the Starbucks menu, you know. Mm-hmm. And but so, it's still but like you're recognizing you're recognizing somebody, right? And it was mm-hmm. so effective that he gets paged out. The VP gets paged out at some odd hour of the morning, saying that someone had found a box that appeared to be a bug, some sort of listening device placed just outside of his office. Mm. And he goes, "Oh shit, that's crazy." Heads down to the office, come in, comes in, checks it out. Said listening box turned out to just be an ant trap 
that was and it but it was like and it was tucked under the lip of like some cabinets where ant traps go but he was like you would only see it like yeah but some super vigilant like did i get that gift card did i get it did i find something did i get that gift card like it worked so well that people were reporting fucking ant traps as potential Mm -hmm. bugs you know pun aside that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) and yeah speaking as operations i'd rather be paged for something that turned out to be nothing than not get paged for something absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and how much of your alerts are false positives a a, a shit ton sure so so, you know like i would i would yeah so what i've seen too is like organizations where they regularly conduct phishing exercises Mm -hmm. and they start to make their users a little more paranoid even if it's not for the right reason, but when a user okay. gets a suspicious email, they're like, oh, this is probably the security team sending me an email exercise. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're a lot just more gen- I disagree with that. Well, just generating a true. disdain for the security team. No, no, no. There's something to making people paranoid. We, and, and, we, and if it works. Absolutely. Unfortunately, well, and what I really love about that, I, I, I what I really love about that is that they take that home at least and apply that yeah. to their yeah. own email. We do, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, sorry, go on. We, we do phishing emails at work. We have to, I mean, that's part of our security. We do pen testing at work and we who's know, chopping carrots over I, there. I don't know, <laughs> but we, we do. Yeah. Have, Damn it. Nope. Nope. I'm just peeing. We get, we get phishing <laughs> <laughs> emails and they're quite obvious. I mean, you hover the link. You're like, Oh yeah, that's definitely phishing. You report it, blah, blah, blah. You go on. This dude got, he did the training. We have to do the training every year. He did the training, mm-hmm. and then he gets a phishing email that literally says Eagles tickets. And he goes, click, 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 click. And, and it's like, wait a minute, what the hell are you doing? You just went through security training, and now you're clicking a phishing email because you want Eagles tickets. What the shit, right. you know? Well, so I, mean, I agree well, uh, with you in that, in that having a reward is beneficial, but when they're so eat up on wanting to get a prize, I, well, you know. Well, look, on the flip side, you know, obviously having a reward is good, but having a consequence is also good. Well, he's been shamed mm. publicly. Well, but does that really mean anything? Like people at the water, mm. at the coffee machine are like, yeah, Bob's a fucking idiot. Like, does I, that, I mean, does that I mean, really mean anything? He's but, pretty... He's pretty down about it right honestly. If I say anything about it to him at all, he's like, yeah, man, okay, I I fucking know already, okay? So how how frequently do you do your phishing exercises at work? Uh, It's it's pretty regular. I mean, I get a phishing email at least least twice a month, if not more. Okay, and and that's a good ratio. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. people are inherently fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. And and what (laughs) I can tell you is I've actually sent phishing emails before that had a subject line of, no matter what, do not read this email. And then, and then inside the body of the email said, do not open this attachment. <laughs> and people will still open the attachment just because they're yeah, stupid. They're but, stupid the, yeah. but the point I'm trying to make is when you, when you con- curious. but when you, well, curious and stupid can kind of be the same thing, but, true, true, yeah. but when you constantly drill these exercises into your users' heads on a continual basis, there is a level of paranoia that will eventually click in if there's a consequence or a reward involved along with it. Yeah. So as long as there's mm-hmm. not something that follows it, it will never work. Yeah. There has to be there has to be the token, either good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah. That you mm-hmm. that you get for either reporting or clicking. And you know, if you if you report, then hey, great, you know, here's that like you said, gift card or fucking whatever you're 
you know, but if you get bad, then you're put on a board and you're shamed for the next six months or whatever, you know? Yep. Right. I'm inclined to believe that positive reinforcement tends to work better from a psychological perspective, but I have no psychological training, so I have nothing to back that up on. But I did want to shift gears once more. I promise this is going to be the last one for me. I can't speak about the other hosts, but this is the last one for me. Hey, guys, I'm having a great time. It's okay. <laughs> we are too. We are too. We're glad you're on. Yeah, we're really glad yeah, to have sure. you guys. So at Hope, I believe I asked a pretty vague question about what's the one thing that companies can do to instantly and automatically greatly increase their security. And Johnny said two-factor off. Number one, I'm curious if, Johnny, you still believe that. And number two, Daryl, I'm wondering what answer you would have to that question. I emphatically believe in two-factor authentication, but Mm -hmm. it has to be two-factor authentication that is properly configured. Mm -hmm. I've seen, for example, like web applications that require two-factor authentication, but the problem is you can replay the session ID and you can also replay the two-factor authentication. That's obviously a problem. (laughs) So right, so right, it has to be but, completely non-identified. Yeah, but but when you do have two-factor authentication, I think that's kind of a security one-on-one type of thing. Mm-hmm. We briefly talked about passwords a little bit earlier. Passwords are yep. almost becoming obsolete, just because if you think about like password cracking capabilities, especially people that have like custom-built like password cracking. Oh, rigs. like FPGA boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, well, it's it's inevitable. And not even FPGA boxes, like rule sets are getting yes. so good yes yeah, so, yeah i'm on the on the john and hashcat list yeah. mailing list so, so oh my word so, so even, if yeah. you think, even if you think about hashcat like specifically right like you can have the people that mm-hmm. are like oh you got to have this password it has to have this complexity this number of characters it's all irrelevant it will all eventually be cracked one day like mm-hmm. you're just you're basically right. just buying time so I, I, I mean, AES, yes. AES 256 will eventually more, yeah. be cracked. So, someone will find someone a flaw will. in the algorithm. It's inevitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so what then? So I am an emphatic believer in two-factor authentication. Okay. Okay. So the question I have for you to, to bounce off of Root's question, do you agree with Google's decision to not use SMS as a two-factor and instead use their own particular app as the second factor? Or do you recommend something else as far as that's concerned? What? What? Well, Google Google is no longer. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Daryl. I'm so they, so they've, <laughs> glad glad I wasn't the only no, one. No, no, run that by me again, please. So, yeah, so Google, what? <laughs> Google is for uh, iPhones, in particular. They've stopped using SMS as the second factor. Go- hold on, hold on. You're telling me Google stopped using SMS oh. for iPhones? Stop the train. Yeah, yeah, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, you mean the Google Authenticator? Well, no, it's on your it's your Google it's the Google app on your iPhone. You can say you can click a yes or a no. Yeah, it's called authenticator. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's no, 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 authentication do you agree with that do you think they should be using something other than sms if so what or you know whatever so so i suspect that google app is just using this the google authenticator i'm sure it probably is i mean what does it do does it generate a six digit no it's it literally says yes or no do you did you sign this yes or no so they're doing oh there's yeah, so they're doing it's sort of it sounds like sort of a duo security thing where it's like green or red, yes or no. Right. It's totally fine. It's it's a second factor. The second factor is not it, it, it it's using something behind the scenes to prove that you saw 
the six digit code, but instead of showing you six digit code, digit code and then you entering it somewhere else to prove you saw it, it's got some sort of some form of secondary communication, which mm-hmm. is almost better because then that secondary communication has to come from the secondary source. Right. Right. It's almost it's it's it, it, at that point it becomes what we call multi factor authentication. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just a yes or no coming back to them. It's it's a yes or no, and it came from the expected source of the yes or no. Whereas if I am looking up my Google, my you know, my RSA key six whatever digit code and punching it in, there's no way to verify I got that code off of an authorized RSA key or that I didn't actually hack the key generation algorithm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm that first guy who did it and I have this RSA token generation O-Day. Whereas with apps on your phone, they go not only, yes, the code is, you know, the the whatever code that's shipped, you know, in the back end is correct, but also it came from the expected source. Right. Or even, so yeah, got, or even numbers three game. three factor at that yeah. point. I mean, the chances of having like a Trojan on their laptop and their phone is pretty low compared to having just one device or the other. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and furthermore, like, okay, so you're saying an attacker is going to compromise my password to this application, and then they're also going to compromise my cell phone provider to send me yeah. like a fraudulent text like right. what or or have like a 3g interceptor yeah in the middle like attack. like yeah, yeah. what are they proposing did they send a carrier pigeon with the the other two-factor <laughs> <authentication>? <laughs> what was that rfc 2419 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> 1111 i i agree oh, 1149 and 2549 i think i agree with you i understand what you're saying i, I mean i i really you know i i guess my my question more is what would you use for two-factor authentication versus SMS if you thought it was compromised. Not necessarily that it could be or is, but, you know, you're at DEF CON. What are you going to use for two-factor there? I'm okay with SMS, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Works for me. I, I, it, yeah, I, it, I mean, it's... Of- I mean... Yeah, it's two-factor. Like, you have... And it's not just because, like, you know, I don't know, because I can go back and forth. Because also, like, so I'm I'm part of a startup at Faction.io where we're trying to do cyber bodyguarding for celebrities, mm-hmm. and we let see, me get in on that, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> noted. Okay, that's sure. I <laughs> mean, it's it's out. in the it's in the not making money phase right now. <laughs> that's what I love. And, and well, and no, and, the, and I mean, and like like all startups, but the big problem is it's because it's really like I said, it's really really hard to make people give a shit, mm-hmm. and in the celebrity realm. Once they've been breached, and that's normally when you or I would start to give a shit, their lawyers and their publicists just handle it. And so they still don't have to give a shit. Right. And it's it's a difficult realm to break into. But so like we, I have had, what we're doing now is like we're handling things for free to show them value. Saying, oh, let us, you know, you've been breached, let us handle it. And so we've had multiple people who have had their phone numbers transferred against their will mm. and mm. now that and then that person uses the possession of that phone number to then elicit a sms2 factor off and log into all of their other shit and then transfer all of their other shit so we had a guy who said my ex my bitch of her ex who coincidentally happened to be russian and knew some shady people Hmm. Still, like, had my number transferred off of my phone, which I still physically have, to some other phone via cell hacks, and then used that to two-factor through all my social media and steal all that shit, too. I have nothing. I have now been made invisible as a human being. Please help. And so, like, I'm against SMS as a two-factor method because of that. However, that is a highly targeted, extremely rare type of attack. 
that is very difficult to pull off. Okay. And so, like, it, that depends on what level of paranoia you're willing to cope with. And, it, and at this point, is it overkill? I, mm. I, like, I have personally seen it and dealt with the after effects and the nightmare of reversing it. I still use it. Cool. All right. I think that is a good place to stop yeah. and move into our next segment, our last segment. Jathan. Is it be... how drunk are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but out of curiosity. You know Were we objectively, by now I am really or is it drunk how too. high are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So Jathan does this thing called the Baddie. It's basically the Darwin Awards for technology, for the technology field. Jathan, would you like to tell us what this episode's Baddie is? Yeah, and this is a uh, this is great actually because it sort of goes is it Jathan? What we're talking about? <laughs> yes, yes, I am the baddie. Yeah. <laughs> Jathan has become the baddie. They told him he could become anything. If you hire me, you will likely fail. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that. Wow, that's, so, uh, wow. that's like maybe give yourself a little Whoa. bit of credit. You'll fail. You'll fail epically. <laughs> no, come on, just fail. There we go. Yeah, no, I'm great at what I do. You should give me a chance. <laughs> So, this is brought to us by MacKeeper Security Research, but they are reporting on something that was discovered by Chromtech Security Researchers. So, essentially, what was found was another publicly accessible S3 bucket. The unfortunate part is what this S3 bucket contained. So, it oh, no. happened to have 316,363 PDFs mm-hmm. in it of patients' weekly blood test results. Uh, so, many of them contain multiple reports on individual patients, and it appears that each patient had weekly test results totaling around 20 files each. <sighs> The estimate right now is about 150,000 people affected by the leak. Okay. It would appear that this database is connected to a company called Patient oh Home Monitoring. Yeah. What is uh, so the total size of the what data? What does Patient Home Monitoring do, Jathan? They monitor I home have patients. A, I bet I, <laughs> I, mean, I have a guess. You guys are fucking good. You guys are. Why are, so good. Why are these? We don't, have, we don't have college degrees, and we this figured that out. Dumb. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Why? Why are these people having blood monitoring done? So it appears that this particular group of people have some kind of blood clotting disorder, uh-huh. such that they have to be closely monitored to make sure that they're not spontaneously like? going to die. Okay, so. Where's this going? <laughs> the whole point is, so Chromtech reached out to this company. It does appear that it was fixed, but the company never responded. And it doesn't appear that any patients were notified to the best of anyone's knowledge. Really, the the baddie here is presented because you shouldn't store things in S3 buckets that are... Yeah, or hip Oh, really? So, yeah. So, <laughs> here's... I gotta... I, hang on. I have or a hip-hop. garbage response. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Typical. Here, who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, what the, yeah. what I mean, the I fuck am I going to do with your, what am I going to do with your grandpa's blood work? Well, what? I think, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, hang on. I, mean, I fully acknowledge that's over. the garbage response. Like, <laughs> okay. okay. So, so let me ask you this. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, this is, this is a practical case or whatever, but suppose it's not my grandpa. It's actually my son. He's 20 years old. He's trying to get a job. You're an employer. You found his blood test and you know that he's HIV positive. Therefore, a greater insurance risk. Oh, are there laws against that type of but, thing at this point? Yes, laws. but it changes the discussion. <laughs> hold on, right. hold on, hold no, on. No, totally true. There you go. Hold on. And, and so that, yeah. Go no, ahead. I'm sorry, Johnny. Please, I've been very interrupted <laughs> by Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would like to just call attention to the fact that that is why I issue garbage responses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that was a that was an excellent counter to that. Mm. Yeah, and, and all right, all right, go on, Daryl. Oh, okay. So I just uh, want to say, you might cover what I already have. I just want to say to all of the listeners of this podcast, 
the cloud is not really a cloud. Hmm. Oh, we we harp on that we so much. On. You are really <laughs> just putting yeah. your information on the internet for a the million, live up there, a billion, though. gazillion other people to access with no security controls. Don't fall for that shit. Hey, who, who the angels are those? in the clouds though? Yep, and yeah. the angels love us. Oh angels are good. Nice. The angels. Wait. Do either of you know who distributes those? The cloud is just someone else's computer stickers. Satan. Oh, I really does. love to. That's Satan. Half the internet does. Like, half go make your own. Okay. Yeah, Satan. The internet <laughs> does. Um, so, and that you can actually buy I've them also, on Amazon. Like just today, like I'm doing primarily ICS and skater research, and so just today I've decided that I'm no longer using the phrase "Internet of Things." Mm-hmm. I'm using we re, I changed all my autocorrect and like text replacement to things on the internet. Booyah. <laughs> there you go. I, there I, you had, go. I had come across this problem where people think like just using the phrase internet of things makes you feel like oh but it's a different internet. No, it's not. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like everything's like on the internet but it's just other things like this on the internet so it's not <laughs> as big of a deal. It's like oh it's like right. a stupid Fisher Price internet. It's like no you fucker. This is the Fisher same Price internet. internet. But dude, yeah. it's so now, but, but dude, stop, it's only on your private cloud. No don't one else say can access internet it. Of things. Say things on the internet. Yep. It's yeah. terrifying when I you like say that. that and good. <laughs> uh, and so like and as far as like we all know like the cloud it's just somebody else's computer and I I think like that's that's a fun phrase we hear all the time to the point mm-hmm. where we may be getting desensitized to the a concepts bit, yeah. behind up. What does somebody else's computer mean? It means that you have little if no control over the security on the other end of that computer mm-hmm. you yeah. know you and, don't know where the fuck that computer even and is. to me it mean and to me so means would you, they uh, have access to it back in the 90s we called that yeah. owning the box <laughs> back in the 90s well, we it do, was your box and you up. owned it <laughs> well, back Until in the it was 90s, we you were you were like you were war dialing for FTP servers <laughs> and then and then putting your <laughs> own personal information on them. Right. <laughs> That's what's happening now. You're like, oh, a thing where I can put stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you got to think about it, man. Like, yeah. like Amazon Cloud, and Dropbox, and Google Drive. <laughs> why in the fuck would you put all your shit out there? Like, yeah, why? Like there, that was two things in this podcast where, where the issue was we had an S3 bucket or an AWS yes. instance where we found dangerous shit sitting out on the internet doing nothing. And that I can corroborate that because this, but you I, could do that. I have. <laughs> you could do that with your own hardware. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. sure. But, yeah. But, but, but look, maybe it's just because I'm security oriented, but if I have mm. information that I want to share with Johnny, for example, I will encrypt it and I will email it to him. And that'll mm. be the end of the day. Which is easy enough to do in one fell swoop. Oh, so fucking you hard. You don't even have to take two steps to do that. Yep. I'm still curious how y'all are gonna get your raw audio files to me. We're gonna put we're gonna we're gonna put them we're gonna put them on the email fucking it. Amazon Cloud bucket. No, I'm gonna I can... run it through Google Translate into <laughs> Russian and then into Chinese and then back to Russian and then back to English, and that's how I will obfuscate. Oh my god! And then, and then you... so fucked up. <laughs> actually. What I was planning on doing was using uh, home healthcare blood services Amazon instance to upload it. Uh, uh, no, we'll we'll work something out that's, that's secure. It'll it'll be happy. It'll be fun. I will submit it disguised as a blood work PDF. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, positive, motherfuckers. What's, what's this like? Two hundred oh, megabyte positive? PDF. Oh no! Did you guys? Oh, oh that's the garbage it. New York Post story headline on that issue. 
I just wrote it. NY- NYP needs to hire me. Oh, positive? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, nail my dick to a burning ship. So, so the, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll work something else with that. But, like, did you guys see the POF or GTFO issue where they talked about POC? GTFO. Uh, what did I say? S and double said POF. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, POF. POC or GTFO. You have to sing the alphabet yeah. song. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, it's it's the bourbon, man. It's I don't remember it's the, it either. It's near the end of the episode, so it's like, yeah, it's POC or GTFO. Oh, no. Oh, no. We it's get, the we end of the episode where we the worst the part. <laughs> the worst part about that flub is we run a mirror for them. So, like, I should know it, but I don't when I'm drunk, apparently. So, so did you see that, that POC or GTFO issue where they talked about hiding the binary data in PDF files, like zip files, for instance? Oh, my God. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. The PDF of the issue is an actual zip file. <laughs> but, it, you know, you can open it in the PDF viewer and everything, too. Wait, I would recommend well, doing it in a VM. Hold but, on, hold on, wait a minute. Yes. Are you telling me that you can hide <laughs> a binary inside of a PDF? <laughs> no. no. I mean, this, this is common knowledge. This here, is common man. knowledge. No. But, like, but no, the, the whole point of PO, uh, POC or GTFO, almost did it again. The whole point of POC or GTFO is that like they provide POCs for it, right? So like, they many, actually walk you through you the process. this sentence? No, all right. Technically, that was the same acronym because it was part of the POC or GTFO. Can we explain those for our non-technical listeners? Sure. So where do you want me to start? The POC part? I don't ask them, man. I'm not a non-technical listener. Don't ask me. Man, all right. POC is proof of concept. GTFO is get the fuck out. There, done. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What is LMAO? All right. Now y'all are just fucking around. Those are those guys that made that dance. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really cool that that someone actually took the time to write the article to walk you through it to actually show how it's done, and then as an extra touch, and I thought this was so cool. I don't know how you feel about Travis and and his ilk, but like, are those the two guys in LMAO? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh gosh, you're giving me such a hard time. <laughs> I'm trying trying to put on a quality podcast. Wow. Wait, those are the guys in U2, right? We need some better guests. Oh, right, 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 right. But no, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I just thought me. it was. I just thought it was really cool that they explained for like. So I'm not. I don't do reversals or anything like that. But they explained it in a way to where a technical person, but not a person involved in the field, could understand it. And then the actual issue itself was the POC. That to me was fucking awesome. Yeah. God forbid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, the acronym like, oh, for shit. that is GF. Wait. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, Wait, it's I good actually game. want to point it's something GG. out, though. Yeah, yeah. Like the next map. The, uh, yeah, and uh, like, that, like, God forbid we should get the fucking information to the people who need the information in a format that they can consume. <laughs> right. Like, holy shit. Like, if you're not doing <laughs> right. that, like, as a security researcher or any other security professional, if you're just sitting there and just, like, yelling patch your shit and then hiding back under your desk <laughs> right right fuck you that's the that's what the world needs though you are more documentation you are, more poc you are useless yeah you are you are a, you are a, just a waste of company resources you are not doing your company a service you're just sucking up money mm-hmm. like you yeah, need to yeah. be able and that's i mean that again that's why communication skills are mm-hmm. so huge in the pen testing field when people go what do i gotta do even does they go fucking learn to write and it's because of that because you need to be able to communicate the information in in a manner that can be consumed by the target audience so that right. they can effectively correct the issue 
and well, that is it, so rare to see. Well, mm-hmm. and that that that's a very important point that Johnny brought up that a lot of people don't realize. You have to be able to brief if you're going to be an effective pen tester. Like mm-hmm. you can find all the vulnerabilities that exist in the entire world, but if you can't like communicate yeah, those, who? if you, if yeah, you can talk. communicate those in a clear and concise manner, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. To and not oh, yeah. not just to the person who has to do the patching or to, or to, a, to a C level executive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you have to be able to pitch it to someone on the business side to convince them exactly. that there's a reason to expend more business resources mm-hmm. to get this problem addressed Ex- because you got to you and, can and, go to it and it is going to go, we don't have the resources to d- dedicate. Hmm. That's a six month project. Yeah. We don't have that right now exactly. because the business says we don't have the resources for yeah. that. So then you have to go tell John Q business. Are you going to like hand him a fuck? fucking poc code <laughs> and yeah and while he's that gonna go, what is this great. nerd shit no thanks yeah. he's gonna go poc <laughs> get the gtfo but it's expensive so no but right. furthermore furthermore you have to possess the capability to not only like communicate your findings to you know higher level technical people but mm. also to adversarial people because a lot of times ops people are yeah. very adversarial to what we do so nobody wants to do work yeah right? like nobody like i understand and you have to understand that yeah yeah and, no I mean, I'll, again, I'll, like, I'll personally take ownership of that like yeah, as any, ops like you there's two major issues we have one is like i you have too much work right yeah. you, uh, we have a shit you're busy work, yeah yeah but people don't think we well, do. Oh, well, that's, if we're that's doing the our bane job of right, IT. if we're doing our job right, we're invisible. That's that's part right. of the problem. Yeah. That's so, the bane of IT, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, so so like, there's that. Where like, it sometimes it is laziness. Sometimes it is just a sheer amount of scheduling issue. And then the other end is, of course, getting approval for these changes. The C level sees like. Well, why do we why do we have to update every time I update my my Windows laptop? Something breaks. It's like okay, number yeah. one, it doesn't work like that. Number two, like we need to explain that to them, but they yeah. don't listen to us because we're the underlings. Well, we're let me, the ones and, that. And, well, and, well, and, let me let me take that a step further, man. A lot of yeah. times, ops people also feel that the pen tester or the red team is there to make them look bad. Right. So right. there's always a, that that's too. A third issue. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so for our listeners, I mean, let me retract. Let me apologize at least. I won't. I don't think I'll retract it because it's (laughs) it's 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 an easy shortcut. But let me apologize. Like I use the phrase "lazy sysadmin." We exploit lazy sysadmins. Mm -hmm. Like we like we exploit sysadmins who are not able to more thoroughly do their job for one reason or another. But sometimes sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes Sometimes it is laziness. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes you are fucking overburdened. Mm -hmm. And I know you are because I was a sysadmin. Right. And I was fucking overburdened at several companies. Like I get it. Like I know that, and it's not your fault. And, and so I'm bringing that back around to that's a big part of my communication is not like, you can't word your reports that are berating towards the people who caused the problems because it may not be them just fucking up. Like they may have been rushed through the configuration Mm -hmm. of XYZ by their management, by the business. And now they get to go back and go, see what happens when you rushed this project? This happened. And so like, you can't just go throwing the blame or it really, I mean, it's like anything. Don't make any, don't make people feel bad Mm -hmm. and they're going to be on your side. If you need someone to be on your side, don't make them feel bad. That's, 
That's how to win friends and influence people. That was written <laughs> in like 1936. Still I well, well, and, and, and yeah. you know that's funny because that's one of the original questions that was posed when we had the synopsis for what this podcast would be, which is mm. not clearly what it is. But, <laughs> but 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 how do you, how do you bridge the gap between IT and ops? And mm-hmm. like what I can tell you is, you know, a lot of times ops really feels like. Punching. As a red team, we're we're trying to make them Punching. look bad. We're adversarial. We're try, you know we're trying to ruin their lives. But that's not the case, man. There has to really be an understanding that as a pen tester or mm-hmm. a red team, we're really there to help. And, yeah. and 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 although although we take adversarial based tactics when we do our job, we're not adversaries. We're mm-hmm. really there right. to help. It, right. But, exactly. And I I think that comes from like there's a lot of bad pen testers. Out there, mm. there's. I would. Say, I would almost say most. Uh, Look what, what I seen. did. <laughs> yeah, right there, and it, it again, like that's another reason, like why we don't want to hire the people who are like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna rob some fucking banks. Like, no, no. What you're going to do is you're going to help this this bank create a better security posture mm-hmm. by a showing of things it may not have been aware of. You're not yep. gonna rob some fucking banks. That's not yep. your job. Like mm-hmm. there's people who will do that for way less money. They're called bank robbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and Johnny, and they, and get a, they only make about four grand a hit. <laughs> well, and, and Johnny and I both hit the nail on the head. I don't know if you caught it earlier, but a comment we both agree to is we're sad when we find these yep. things. Yeah. And, I, and, I, that, and clearly, that means, yep. that means we're there to help and we care. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, not there. I, I we're not there to be right. like, look how awesome we are. Right. I and, think yeah, that's if you're a pen tester and you're not sad, you are the problem. Yep, <laughs> well, and there are some sysadmins who they get upset because they think that they're secure. And then, you know, you guys come in and, and you say, no, you're really not. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, no, like, you got another six months of work, sir. Right. And yeah. they're like, fuck that. You guys are just trying to find fault with me. And it's like, no, 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 hold on. Like you mm. said, you guys are trying to help them and they should be not resistant to it. They should be welcoming that. Sure, it is a two-way street. Then, and so we right, they can we on our end have to be as magnanimous yeah. as possible towards you and you have to accept that you have never and will never do a perfect job. Absolutely. Right. And that's part of the game. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. and you can blame the computers. You can go, "Oh, computers are complicated Skynet. and fucked up." Yeah, no, I, well no one no one will will argue that computers are not complicated and not fucked up. Like mm-hmm. that's correct. So, like, you can be like, dude, there's so much to do and so little time. No one will argue with you on that. Right. I don't know a sysadmin who is not overburdened. It's part of the gig. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, what I explain to That's people... why we drink. What I, explain to my <laughs> pe- what I explain to people at my job all the time is... I don't know a sysadmin who's not drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, t- I tell people at my job all the time, like, my performance review is not based on how many machines I exploit. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't have a goal oh, going yeah. in there and go, oh, I have to exploit 10 machines. My job is to go in there and provide you a good product, which means identify security weaknesses and communicate them to you in an effective manner that can enable you to fix them. And furthermore, help you understand how I did it so you can fix them. Mm-hmm. So it's the exact opposite of what ops inherently thinks we're trying to do. Like right. we really are there to help. 
Yeah, and and on the show we've we've even in, encouraged companies like if you have any position at all in your company to to bring in a, a, a pen tester or whatever, like have it done, like definitely, like we're we're very strong proponents on this podcast of of pen testing. And, well, and and, jo- and Johnny was one hundred percent right. There are pen mm-hmm. testers out there. They're going to be like, look at how badass I am. I exploited twenty and thirty machines. You don't want them in your organization. No, you don't. Fuck those guys. Fuck them. No, they're useless. Fuck they're not em. helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. They're the bank robber who just who robbed your bank, gave you the double deuce, and ran out the front door. Yep. Like what? What did you learn from that? Nothing. Great. Thanks a you lot, asshole. You just a little, right. Yeah, you got a little donkey in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think it's about time we wrap up. But I, I would love to have both of you on at another episode for sure. Yeah, it's I'm fun, sure. man. Yeah. This was a you lot guys of fun. are hereby awesome. invited to the uh, shit show. Yeah. It's, it's oh, I love it. Season. Dude, we'll I love it. a good shit show. <laughs> It's like this, but about an hour longer and more alcohol. So lots more alcohol. and less and, more and less topics. Yeah, so it's it's just three hours of drunken madness. So we'll Sweet. be in touch about that, of course. But yeah, so this has been System Ministrivia. I'm Brent. I'm Peyton. I'm Jonathan. And with us we had Daryl. Uh, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> See you around. She's dressed like a...